Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What is the deal, Panther fans? Good day to be a Panther fan. We are 2-0 and to start the 2021 season, and we are pumped as a motherfucker! Hell yeah! Damn! The the Panthers defense is top of the top. Top of the top. Pick a category at the top. Put what? We started that. We started at the bottom. Now we're here. We started at the bottom. Now we're here. Tonight's show, folks. Thank you for joining the C3 Panthers podcast. Tonight's show is the Panthers defense enters the prime time spotlight. As Carolina heads to the Houston Texans, uh, 2-0, and facing a team that had some excitement, but now their excitement has been hamstrung as, oh. their, as their starting quarterback, Ty God Taylor, has. <laughs> uh, don't worry, we got to say, oh, it's, it's funny. Ty God Taylor, our guest, Matt Weston, will be talking about him as we get there. Hey, look. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. My name's Tony Dunn. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Cat underscore Chronicles. And every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., my man, Cody Lashney, in the co-pilot seat. The man, the myth, the legend, the producer, the dude who just puts the hard dick on the face of the Saints. You were yeah, excited in the post game, homie. Welcome back. Hey, man. As always, there's no way I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than talking about these Carolina Panthers with my boys, Tony, Greg, and CK. And, of course, Tony, you already know that we're going to do it with the most lit Panther fans in all of YouTube. You know them. You love them. It's Underground West, Tim, Tizzy, Sideshow, Rob, AJ, Lindsay, Caleb, Zach Simmons, Nick Montiero, 89J Stubbs, Lance Kubiak, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Thank you, 89J Stubbs, the angel investor of all Panthers podcasts, my man. Do right. not worry, homie. We are not laying the egg 
in this prime time. Oh, this no. team's going to go in there and smoke these fools. Absolutely. And actually, I don't even like to call them fools because I respect what David Cully and them are trying to do and not roll over and die. <laughs> but, folks, it is over. They ain't got their quarterback. This defense is about to murder this kid, CK. Oh, absolutely. 89 J-Stubs throwing down some of that money he earned from the money line uh, last week when he bet uh, against the Saints in the Panthers' favor there, throwing down that $5 Saints. Man, I appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, man, we're uh, we're over. I, I think not – listen, this is an interesting week. I think it's one that we're all kind of, like, super excited for because you feel like this is the game you've got to show up and show out, right? This is it. And so we've got yeah. this – high anticipation of what we're going to see. Keep in mind, we're going up against the defense that isn't bad, right? They've got five interceptions on the year already through two games. That's not a bad stat line. Two of which is going to be from Reed in that, uh, in that safety position. These guys are going to be, uh, you know, tenacious on that defense, but you got to think our, our, our defense is going to be able to eat this uh, offense alive of the Texans. And I'm super excited about it. Two days to go short week. Uh, let's get it going guys. Greg, I feel like you're my next door neighbor back uh, three times in a row. I love it. And I got to say this, after listening to me uh, get pumped up and yelling up and down, seeing Cody over there sexually excited, and then CK saying we got to roll these mugs up, are we being, um, are we looking ahead of the Houston Texans to the Cowboys? Are are we gonna get caught napping like that, homie? I don't want to be like that, but I feel like I am. You I know, feel something like I'm already man, looking ahead to Dallas. Normally, I try to be the voice of reason. I really do, but fuck that this week, man. We're gonna beat the <laughs> shit out of the Texans this week. I'm so excited. It's been such a great week to be a Panthers fan. Uh, everybody at work, man. It's it's like. It's so funny, like when your teams win or do well, people congratulate you like you've done something. But yeah. It feels so good, you know. Like wins a big championship. I was like, "Congratulations, man! Good job, good job!" I'm like, "Yeah, I was a great fan. I helped them out, whatever." But and, and um, you're so excited, you take all the credit too. You're like, "You're like, yeah. hell yeah, dude! Right. It was it's, hard, it's me. hard fault victory. We got it going. Yeah, absolutely." Yeah. I made sure to wear my lucky underwear. <laughs> but I don't even care, man. I soaked that all up this week. And, and you know, here's the thing. is We talked about last week as a measuring stick game. And now, of course, we're talking about this week as a measuring stick game. We we, we looked it up before the show. I, 2015, we were ranked 20th in the power rankings week two. After week two. This week, we're ranked 18th. So we're still getting no respect. And to be honest with you, I don't think unless we beat the ever-living shit out of Houston – they're not going to do anything they're, either. They're, they're, they're not going to give us any respect for that either. Because they say, well, they didn't have a quarterback. And then blah, blah, blah. They're going to make all these excuses. And Even it's going to be know, 10 so. days after the win. So, like, they were not mm-hmm. that long. But they're not, you know, by being the Thursday night team, it's old mm-hmm. news by the time they make the power rankings. So, whoever right, right. is the darling on Sunday or whatever. So, um, I, I feel like Monday we're going to stuck in that spot, you know. Yeah. But other than that, man, it's great to be a damn Panthers fan this week. I'm telling you, and I'm riding this high until somebody takes it away from me. So we'll hope Thursday. I'm off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm gonna get off Thursday oh, early. Man. I get to watch the Better game Thursday night. And you're gonna man, get on football overdose, homie. Oh, I know I will. You're gonna OD right. on football this weekend. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. There's no better way to die, baby. That's right. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got a good show for you guys tonight. Um, 
Matt Weston is uh, joining us, Houston blogger and the Red Radio blog. Hold on. I feel like I always screw this up. Why did I do that right away? No, it's the Battle Red blog. Thank you. Bat- Battle Red blog and Battle Red Radio. Matt Weston's going to join us uh, at 930 um, to preview this Houston team. Things on my mind, Cody. So I'm just going to go ahead and preview on what I'm thinking about asking sure, him right away is we got to think about their quarterback position. Ty God Taylor, as they call him, uh, is hurt. And then my uh, Davis Miles or Miles Davis, Davis not Miles Mills. Davis is the dang musician. Davis, Definitely not Davis, Miles Mills. Davis. <laughs> Davis Mills will be unfortunate enough to make his rookie NFL start. Uh, against the Carolina <laughs> Panthers, and one of the so I've done a little bit of research when looking at this matchup, and apparently their offensive line, uh, when pass protecting, they ain't too shabby, and, and they've actually given Tyrod Taylor some decent time to throw the football. So believe it or not, this might actually be a good test for our defensive line. That is, by the way, coming off a legendary performance can i just real really quick read off a list of all the categories that were number one in on defense it's so good i'm gonna tell you my favorite when you're done too Actually, i want all of y'all to do this as he reads the list off i want you to pick your favorite category that's your favorite one that you okay. love the most i already okay. got mine so dude we're number one in yards allowed per game at 190 we're number one in points allowed per game at 10.5. We're number one in passing yards allowed per game at 143.5. We're number one in rushing yards allowed per game and 46.5 yards. <laughs> That's a good we one. Have, That's a have, good one. <laughs> we have the most sacks in the NFL at 10 <laughs> NFL sacks. Um, we also have the most quarterback hits at 21. And the highest third down percentage at 25.0. Is Man. there a category we're not first in? And if, if the only one I that matters, turnovers, is turnovers. Yeah, turnovers oh, okay. are probably going to be the yeah. biggest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So can I go Please. on this one? Uh, honestly, there are two categories that I think are honestly the most important, and that's the third down percentage and the uh, and the points allowed. You know, but I'm not going to pick that as my favorite because those are easy. That's low hanging fruit, man. For me, it's the sacks, man. The sacks, dude. Yep. I that's love seeing that. sacks. Wait, I love the others are low hanging fruit. Then you go yeah. and pick. Sacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't care, man. I don't even care. That, that, that's that's a little bit higher than those. He man. went to the, the top of the tree. He said, "Oh, yeah, they're so fun." Hey, by the way, shout out to Lance Kubiak for the uh, 499. It says, been with you guys for three seasons. Thank you guys for helping pass the time at work. Glad to see you continuing to bring more content. Fire. Thank you, Lance Kubiak. My man. We're definitely putting out more content for you guys. Um, if I'm going to pick one of those stats that I love the best, you know what? I'm going with that third down conversion yeah, rate. man. It's great. Get Thanks for taking mine. Off of the field, dude. Get the fuck off the field, especially if you're at home. Get that converting on third down bullshit out of here. We ain't trying to have none of that. And right now, listen, man, uh, we might uh, might need to talk about 
potentially, especially after this Thursday night performance, depending on what we do, as Phil Snow being one of the very best defensive coaches in all of the NFL. It's I a mean, really good possibility. <laughs> good possibility. I love the hyperbole <laughs> coming yeah, into this show already. The, the crazy thing about it, you got to keep in mind, and this is what's going to lend to Cody's point. Like, this isn't like he's coming in here. Everybody was confused by him last year. And, you know, by his, you know, Aaron Rodgers, all these people, nobody knows what to define his defense as. They still don't know what to do. Sean Payton has seen him twice last year, and now he sees him again, and they still don't have an answer for it, right? So that's why Phil Snow continues to adapt. He continues to show that he is a, he is a, a, a honestly, in my opinion, probably one of the brightest and, and, you know, probably the most, one of the smartest defensive coordinators that I've seen. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if you guys watch many of his press conferences, but yeah. Bill Snow. He's the best, dude. He's you like can, the coolest fucking dude in the world, man. You cannot watch his his uh, his pressers and not feel like he is fucking amazing. And and that's a problem because I don't know how much longer he's going to be around here and not in a head coaching position. Yeah. Do you guys think that's he's coming? Too old. He's that's too what I was going to wonder. Do you think that's going to happen How or is he in the position no. where he's I don't know. like, Vic yeah. Fangio, uh, Vic Fangio, the quarterback for, I mean, the uh, coach for the Broncos is an old ass dude too. How old? So how old? I, I don't know. Vic Fangio is, is not young. I know that. So, um, hey, can I he put is the, old. Way, Matt, Matt Rule did say today that uh, Phil Snow is the best coach that he's ever known. That Matt Rule used to have to go and get I tried coffee. to tell you all this from the beginning. I've been on the Phil Snow train from the mm. beginning. I loved him yeah. from the from the very first moment. He's got this like gritty charisma where it feels like he would, no matter what happens, is like this dude's gonna hit the best golf shot all the time. <laughs> Here's or something. He's gonna just he's dope as fuck. But I think he is gonna I think he wants to roll with Matt Rule. I agree. I, and that's I, swear, I think they want to be. I think he's fine being that tandem. I think we yeah. got to be um, Joe Brady, the young guy. I think these two guys are trying to roll together and let beat me, up some mugs. Let me tell you something else that's going to make you love Phil Snow even more. Matt Rule said that after the game, after they went on Sunday, Phil Snow didn't even leave the building. He spent the night in the yeah. actual headquarters. He showered there. Showered yeah, there. You. He woke up there Monday morning and was ready to prepare for the like. That's the dedication this guy has. And like I think that shows the type of work ethic that you want out of a squad. And it's gonna mm -hmm. start at the top. You you how often have you seen somebody get promoted to a position of power and use that as a way to not have to work as hard and delegate all of their responsibilities to somebody right. below them? Right. Right. And and the team is buying in too. Yeah, and that's, that's what it feels like. It. it feels yeah. different. And I'm hoping that it continues down that road. I, I I really, really, really do not want this to become a scenario like in 2019 when we started out, what, five and one, and then it just went to fucking hell. Yeah, but I also think... What that was that, 2019? That was due to injury, oh, yeah, though. That, that, was, kind of, that was the Pittsburgh no, game No, 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 no. Uh, we had Cam. We didn't even have Cam that year yeah. at all. Oh. Like, he got that hurt was in the when preseason. Heineke went five and seven. No, Kyle there. Allen went Kyle five Allen. and one or something like yeah, that. And we were like, uh, like yeah. people were like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we had Peppers. Really well. We had an old team then. We had yeah. an old team. It's true. Yeah. Kyle Allen. Uh, true. <laughs> so I don't think this is. I think this team's going to get better um, as the season goes on. Uh, when it comes to Phil Snow, I need the chat room. I got to put the chat room on something. 
in the Discord room. You can check out the Discord link. It's in the show notes. I need you to find out if Phil Snow's married, folks. Like, because if he is married, then that means he's got the coolest setup in the world, which means this. I got two guesses about Phil Snow. He's either married, where he's been married forever. This They've got some sort of fantastic relationship. Maybe three, because then death could be one of these. But they have this great relationship that they've been in for the last 40 years. She's been with this man in Detroit when he was a coordinator. She's been all over the country. They've had kids. The kids have grown up. They got grandchildren. And Grandpa Phil Snow only needs to do two things in life. And that is watch football, coach the Carolina Panthers, and then on Christmas Day, hug his grandchildren, or on Tuesday, hug his grandchildren. That's all he's got. He's got football. Or he doesn't have a wife, and he only has football. And this dude lives, eats, and breathes. Dude, this guy is awesome, man. Yeah. He's so he's scruffy. So I feel hungry. like he would he eat wants it. Pickled egg in the gas station. Oh yeah, he would, oh He's yeah, like, the pickled I, sausage. I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, uh, here's another stat that I think you all might like. The Panthers have started two and zero seven previous times in their history, and they've made the playoffs in six out of those seven years. 2002 being the only exception. Nice. They so also- right now the Panthers are on track to really have an incredible year this year. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we had all been keying in on before this season started is that this defense has the opportunity to be special, man. And so far through two weeks, they've been special. I got a crazy stat for you right now. We got 42 or 94 people in the chat room and 42 thumbs up. That's a crazy stat. You should catch that one. Hit him with that special shame. Chat of the C3 Panthers podcast. Be sure to hit that thumbs up because right now it's subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 94 people watching. 47 people have hit the thumbs up. Hey, listen, we don't ask you to donate. It's always appreciated. But the one thing that we always ask you to do is to hit hit the thumbs up button, man. That's how you show love to the C3 family. We're going to continue to be here all year. Hell, the C3 podcast is around when there's no football to be had. We're here for y'all year round. So especially during this football season, hit the like, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notification bell so that way you're notified for all this fire content that we're continuously dropping over the course of the week. If you want consistency... This is the podcast. We have every Dessert. Tuesday. It's never failed. We have every post game. We have uh, content throughout the week. Like if you are, uh, uh, especially I know during the, the up seasons, we're constantly hungry for more Panthers content. If you're into that, you've got to hit that notification bell because we have so much stuff coming at you throughout the week. It's almost a daily thing now. So just guys, keep an eye out for that stuff. And, and uh, you know, I think, I think it's going to be worth your time. I, you know, we're, we're really trying to, you know, make a concerted effort to keep you guys, uh, you know, uh, with some things to, to look forward to every night. 
Tonight's show uh, has been fun already, but we've got a primetime game on the horizon, and we've got Matt Weston from Battle Red Blog and Battle Red Radio coming in at 9.30 to help us preview this game. Um, we'll also have your calls later in the show. The number is 252-228-5098. I for, did not give my stat, guys, on my favorite. Yeah, man. Because no. everybody took all of them. Took all <laughs> these great ones. The third down, uh, um, opponent third down was is pretty dope. Yeah. 25%. Awesome. Like, I mean, that really says a lot about what you're doing on the other downs, mm. in my opinion, right? That's championship-style um, defense. That run, though, so since you guys took that one, I'll take that. Tell me what that run one was again. This 40, 45? Oh, 40, 46. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll pull it back. It's like up. a mid-40s, bro. That would, that would be less impressive if we hadn't faced Alvin Kamara. I agree. That would be so much less impressive if it was... I think it's just impressive, period. But yeah, yeah. the fact rushing, that you have Alvin Kamara. Rushing, <laughs> rushing yards allowed per game, 46.5. Yes, Dude, that's, that's fucking insane. bananas. And that's going to be even more insane if after we face Dallas, it's still under, I'd say, 75 yards a game with that duo they have in the backfield. I'll I be honest with you. Dallas isn't going to be a problem in, in run game, in my opinion. Ezekiel Elliott oh. has not been the Ezekiel but Elliott. He Pollard, looks man. good, Pollard. dude. But his, yeah, body yeah, looks yeah, good. Yards. his body yeah, looks fantastic. Yeah. So by, by the way, 89 J-Subs for the 199 says, uh, wait until we beat Dallas. I agree. That's then, I agree. Then, well, because well, they're America's team. Yeah, we beat them. Yeah. One hundred percent, and that that would be right. a that would be a good test for our defense because they have Absolutely. a lot of weapons on their uh, on their receiving core. Man, Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. That's going to be a really big test. Also, shout out to Nick Montero, my Friday free for all co-host. It says, "Love you guys. You make my week better every week." Forty-two to six Thursday with five point five sacks. Oh, I like Keep it. Pounding. I like it. Friday. I like that. Yes. My man, yes, hell yeah, man, dude. If we can continue to do that, I mean, listen, uh, I think our our defensive backfield might even be more important than our pass rush. Like, really give him some post snap looks, you know, change the coverage and really get him questioning what he's looking at downfield. He's gonna have no Uh, time, make make some well timed blitzes, hurt him. I mean, really scare (laughs) this young quarterback making his NFL debut. You know, introducing Brian say, Burns in the worst kind of way. I say you pick up the Carolina Panthers defense in fantasy right yeah. now. I got him. This matchup, if you I don't got, got him, him in this matchup, right? Um, God, they uh, t- the Texans have been able to put up points though. Well, they're not Tyron Taylor. Sorry, I forgot. Taylor, yeah, man, this is Tyron Taylor who has been who was like eleven for twelve against Cleveland. In the first half, like so, when when Matt Weston comes on later on later later in the show, these guys were I've listened to some Houston po- Houston podcast after week one and two, and these guys were hyped after week one because they had negative expectations, and now yeah, kind of like it, and right. then they even had a first a good first half against Cleveland. And then all of a sudden it went from us being like on them being on this kind of super high, like we're playing with house money for the rest of the season to like, now we're going to be what we 
expected to be right so it was a right. deflation of balloon but i did want to go back just to the russian stamp real quick imagine if you took out the quarterback right you know like 80 uh, percent yeah. of those rushing yards came from uh zach wilson just scrambling around a little bit yeah you know like eight yards here six yards there after the winston touchdown like so they've really given up like Eight yards to running backs. <laughs> Designed runs have been snuffed out by this this defense very well, um, and I think Cody may have mentioned it. It's because of of that those big guys in the middle. They're they're staying true to their gaps. Um, they yeah. they have incredible gap assignment, and uh, and that allows the linebackers to come up and stop the the run very quickly and efficiently. If the tackles happen to let the run get through the uh, you know get get past the uh, the first line of defense. Listen, it's it's incredible to watch this defense and the way that they're playing. They're looking very disciplined, um, and I have, I like I said, we've all been very, I, you know, we all know I've been critical of you know uh, Dante Jackson. Dante Jackson has had some big time plays against some tremendous. big time players, um, and even if you watch his like post his press conferences, like I cannot help but have changed my mind about this guy. He's I really he, mature. I've always he loved really him. Mature. He's really mature. Listen, him, I did not love him his first three years. I did not. I did not love him his first three years. I thought that... You liked him the first year. Everybody liked him in year one. I still had criticisms pick. on his first year. I still said, like, listen, the guy has gotten beat too many times. You got to remember how, how badly he got beat by Calvin Ridley multiple times. Like, it wasn't like he was locked down corner. And in, in, in most of those interceptions, I had criticisms like it wasn't like he was playing such incredible coverage that it was bad throws by a quarterback that threw it right into his chest and one that he had to make an acrobatic catch. And I you know, applaud him for. But I did not have a big I was not a big fan of Dante Jackson up until I would say this year. This is the first year I've really believed in this guy. And I think that, you know, I, I have no problem saying that at this point in time, I was wrong. I think that he he had the potential and he's showing up now. Um, we'll see as he continues to face bigger and, and, and better talent. I think we've got to be challenged by a better quarterback. Once that happens, I think then we're going to know. But right now, I'm I'm high on Dante Jackson. His tackling has been fantastic, amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the thing yeah. is that that's why he's sticking out to you, so or to all of us is the tackling, bro. He's been I getting feel, in there and making real sound tackles. Open field tackles these, on Alvin Kamara. Not these, yeah. like, trying to go after your ankles. He you did do that. Like you're he there. did, he did go, try to just bang Alvin Kamara to the ground at one point. And uh, luckily, Alvin was slowed down enough to where somebody else was able to come in. But it had, had Dante Jackson did a proper wrap-up, that wouldn't have been an issue. But he's, he's had plenty of others to make up for that, so I'm not even worried. Hey, real quick, before I forget, uh, Ross Gould with the $5 says, I feel like it's 2015. All over again, people dogging us for who we play. Just win games and keep pounding, baby. It's as simple That's as that right there. Absolutely. It's as simple That's as that right there. Name. And shout out once again to 89J Subs. Ticket price is already up 50. If you plan on going, get tickets sooner than later. We got to plan it, guys. Uh, Man, um... All right, so we don't want to get caught looking ahead to Dallas. Uh, so we're not going to look ahead to Dallas. We've got um, Houston on the horizon. But just briefly, if, is there anything circling back to this past game that you feel is worthy or any developments at this point? I think some of the questions for the reporters have been about A.J. Bouye. But that what was that? That Melvin kid? 
Melvin could play. I mean, obviously, we didn't Rashard remember Melvin? his. Yeah, like he played like a bunch of snaps in this game. Do you think that Bouye just comes in and starts playing from moment one? I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, so. listen, I, I, I think he's been, uh, he's been preparing. You know, he, he knew that he would come back around this time, and he knows that this team is really doing something big on defense. So, yeah, if you're a player, you want to put your best foot forward and show that, you know, hey, you are a one of the key missing pieces to this defense. Um, There, there was two more things I wanted to – uh, go back to the Saints game for uh, before we move on to the Texans even further. And I just I love these stats. We may have said them last uh, post game show, but I just think it bears repeating. The Panthers held New Orleans to 128 yards, the fewest allowed in the 54 game all time series with the Saints, and the fewest for New Orleans under head coach Sean Payton, who took over in 2006. Carolina recorded four sacks, had two interceptions. The Panthers' 10 sacks in the season's first two weeks are the second most through two games in franchise history. The only time we were better was 1998, in which we had 12. Hell yeah. So right now, right now, our defense through two weeks is better than it was in 2015. Just saying. Insane. Insane. Just that uh, 2015, um, I you know, wouldn't even say is that is just let it roll, baby. Yeah, you know, like let the good times roll. I was on, we were on that joint here. We were doing that Joe with Joey and I, and Mel, and we just got yeah. to witness like it was just this. It was just fun. You didn't even realize it was fu- how fun it was because you go from the guy that's not being taken serious. So wait a second. We just dog it every motherfucker in the world. <laughs> like it was just like you felt like you couldn't lose. It's a we're a ways to get there. I tell you that. Yep. Don't worry, folks. It's two and oh. The Panthers have started two and oh and not had. Oh, I remember something. Oh, too, give me that oh, the play our <laughs> playoff stat or whatever. Well, no, but I no, remember no, that year, a- that case that Antoine case on year. We started out hot. And hey, that well, shit sucked him and Deku. That's what it was. Deku. I have to get everyone's that was opinion 2012, on this. I think, maybe. Bef- 20- before we before we talk to, to the Texans guy, um, Pat Elflin has been put on IR. And Whoa, on IR? Yeah, that happened earlier this morning. There, um, I knew I heard that Matt Rule said that he didn't he didn't knew he wasn't gonna play this week, but I didn't hear IR. That's what uh, that's crazy. not the short term or yeah, long term. Yeah, I'm, for, sometimes you make me second guess myself. But yeah, the, the uh, according to Derek Gant, the Darren Gant Panthers placed guard Pat Elflin on injured reserve Tuesday. So yeah, this is really happening. And what have I been saying on this podcast for a long time that the offensive line that we start the year with is not going to be the one that we finish with? And, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but everyone's kind of already thinking of it in these terms. Is this for the better? Because potentially they could foresee a scenario where, you know, maybe Deontay Brown gets to dress. You know, now because they're short at that guard position in terms of depth, hey, maybe someone's going to be able to step up and and fill in for that spot where Pat Elflin 
has been a real liability for us. Mm-hmm. So possibly, man, that's yeah. you know that's certainly something to keep an eye on. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We've had a lot of content coming out. Tomorrow night, we have uh, Josh Klein joining us for the Wednesday Beat Report. I think that's what I'm going to start naming it, guys, as we pop in some uh, beat writers for the Carolina Panthers on Wednesdays to help us preview the game. But tonight... Um, we've got our guest tonight, Matt Weston from the Battle Red blog, also Battle Red Radio, joining us and to help us preview this Houston Texan game. And I got to say, um, how, or I got to ask would be the question, is um, how did the excitement level after week one of dominating uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars to this sensational start for Ty God Taylor to the injury, what did that do to your expectations of this season? I felt like you guys were about to win the division, if I've heard right. <laughs> yeah, it never got that far at all. Um, it's definitely well, – the Texans were unwatchable without Tyrod Taylor out there. And, you know, Taylor has been really interesting for the Texans even like six scores of football because we knew a few things about him from his stints in Buffalo, Los Angeles, and Cleveland. It's that he's risk-averse. He doesn't throw interceptions. He doesn't take sacks. When he was younger, you could use him as an integral part of the run game. At age 32, wasn't really expected that much to be used like that. As a deep thrower, he doesn't throw like with a lot of accuracy. He kind of puts up there for guys to go up and get it. And uh, But like this version of Taylor in Houston has been entirely different. He made four really enormous plays against the Jaguars in week one that lets that win over there. And then against Cleveland, he had two really big plays with that screen pass um, that he threw. In the, it was also kind of set by the offense by him being more mobile. They're able to run. A lot of RPOs and play action and bootlegs that kind of never leaves the defense settle at all. And they had that scramble for a touchdown, too, that made that game 14-14 you know, for the half. But then with Davis Mills, you know, I think Mills had a QBR of uh, 9.8 and Taylor had a QBR of 94.5. And they were just absolutely dreadful and unwatch, unwatchable after uh, we went from Ty God Taylor to Davis Mills. Matt, did your chances in this game – Drop to effectively zero now that Tyrod Taylor is out. <laughs> I mean, how much? I mean, I mean, if speaking, if you're a Texans fan, you really don't know a ton about Davis Mills. But and correct me if I'm wrong here, I think that you guys have been pleasantly surprised by the Texans' offensive line, uh, specifically in pass protection, and that they've given Tyrod Taylor enough time to get the ball. Uh, downfield to Brandon Cooks, among a few others. Um, and now Nico Collins uh, went to IR too. So you're going to be short some weapons. What is this Texans offense answer, or what is their answer going to be to this Carolina Panthers pass rush? And uh, is there a worst possible game to start your rookie career as a quarterback than this one right here? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm afraid of Davis Mills's health and well-being. I've been praying for him all week. I don't know if he's going to survive <laughs> oh, at all on Wednesday. And, like, and, and there's been like a lot of talk. Like I've been negative about Mills, but it goes back to what he did in Stanford also. It's not just like one half of football at all. It's also his three years at Stanford that he played there too. He's not very athletic. He's slow in the pocket. and He has zero pocket awareness at all. And you saw what happened to Jameis last week. In New Orleans, you know, picking up four sacks, and Wilson picked up six sacks, and 
Um, in both those in both those matchups too, like the Saints have had the same offensive line for a while. I know Ruiz replaced McCoy, and they have uh, Throg Hampton there at left guard. This kind of switched stuff up over there, but they're typically really good at picking up stunts and blitzes. There's free rushers all day against both those teams, and the problem that Texans pass protections had is they've been winning their one versus one matchups really well, but they've had trouble picking up stunts. They have notoriously problems picking up blitzes, and uh, and that's what Carolina's been doing with great with the lot of success the first two weeks of the season. And when Mills is like, like lack of athleticism, his inability to escape the pocket, uh, like him just staring left at his first read and having zero idea what's coming from his blind side, like Grant Delpit crushed him and Grant Delpit's known for not being able to tackle very well at all. I uh, turned Grant Delpit into Jeremy Chin or uh, Brian Burns and he may actually die. Like I'm very afraid for <laughs> Davis Mills' you know, well-being on Thursday. It's going to be, be horrifying. Yeah. Hey, well, at least you have Jack Esterby over there to pray for him. Exactly, he'll uh, say his, <laughs> at least he'll say his last rites as uh, the last the last breath leaves his body. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do you think part of the so I've been listening to a lot of your work and other Houston blogs or podcasts and stuff, and there was a felt like a sort of we're playing with house money after week one under the the cloud of Deshaun Watson. And I'm, I'm not even interested in talking about Deshaun Watson. The fact that you had David Cully who comes in, I go on a radio show every Friday and they have a segment that's called poor David Cully. <laughs> and it's like, this poor guy's got to deal with this. This poor guy's got to deal with this. He got all right. Like all of these things. And in week one, you come out there uh, and it's better than average. Were you playing with house money? And now does the loss of Taylor ultimately make you back to where you expected the Texans to be? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I I mean, I had zero expectations for this year. I wrote a season preview and I predicted them to win four games. And that was, and I was like one of the more optimistic people by picking four wins. A lot of people were picking, you know, one win or zero wins or two wins or whatever. And I just thought like, you know, there's enough veteran talent there that they play some young teams and who make some mistakes and be, and the turnover differential be better too. And they kind of luck their way into some wins also, but like just having like a really fun six quarters of football when we were expecting, you know, zero fun quarters of football and just like a really boring drawn out, <laughs> you know, run attack that run the ball a lot, not because they're good at running the ball, but because it's a lot safer than, you know, throwing the ball at all whatsoever. And so I like, see like a really interesting offense from, you know, Tim Kelly's throughout the year has been a lot of fun too. And, uh, and like have that, like, you know, pulled out beneath our feet, like already was kind of, was crappy, you know, to start the year off. But uh, yeah, I think house money is a good way to put it. Like to go from having zero expectations all whatsoever to having like a fun six quarters, uh, yeah, you like won forty bucks on your first hand of blackjack, exactly. and you're like, I'm gonna sit here and try to make this into two hours. <laughs> I'm gonna get free. I'm gonna get enough free drinks for two hours after this forty bucks I just won, and uh, exactly. we just end up, we end up blowing it all the next hand anyway. So, how has David Coley been? Because again, like I said, as we got the and and I, it's not even rooting against him. I'm rooting for him at this point. Um, Lovey Smith too, not Lovey Smith. Is that right? Who's the defensive coordinator? Yeah, it's Lovey Smith. I I yeah. couldn't believe it. Also, when they hired him, it's like there's no way like this is a real thing, and it was kind of like glossed <laughs> over, like of all the ridiculous things that's happened that Lovey Smith's playing a cover two defense in in this time in NFL history. That bothers you. It's it's not really that it bothers me. It's more just like it doesn't work, and it hasn't worked for a long time. 
And uh, like, at least like they know how to run it is kind of the nice thing to say about like Carolina runs covered to a little bit, you know, like every team kind of checks to it sometimes, but they've run according like ESPN. They had a stat like, cause they're able to use the, the coverage map charting from the player tracking information and they've run covered to on 55% of their snaps this year defensively. And like you see games where Baker Mayfield uh, didn't complete only two passes. He was 18 for 20 last weekend. You know, the only way they stop any drives is through turnovers. And so for them to win games, they have to have games like they had against Jacksonville where they force three turnovers. Sometimes it's probably going to take four turnovers just because they can't get any stops in their way and the run defense mm-hmm. is bad too. Is Tully better than Bill O'Brien? Oh, for is he sure. An upgrade. Oh, for sure. And it's like, and it's like with David Coley, like it was kind of looked up as like a, a scapegoat sort of higher. Like it's like it was mainly like a culture thing because this nobody liked this team after Bill O'Brien left. He kind of turned a lot of people off. The East Virginia thing was, you know, really putrid as well, too. And like the mood was just kind of really bad. So they wanted like an entire cultural shift. And that was kind of their main focus point this offseason. Wasn't necessarily like building a good team for the future or rebuilding or trying to trade Watson or anything like that. They didn't talk about anything like that all whatsoever. They just talked about the culture, the culture, the culture. And like David Coley is just like a really good guy. Like I haven't played football in 12 years, but I would love to play football again because of how much I love David Coley. It seems like the players like him a lot too. Um, he's not really doing anything a lot scheme wise. Uh, did y'all see that decision he made in that Cleveland game? By uh, I wanted to know about part. this. Like he gave up a down, right? Yeah. So it was it was third and ten, and they threw a pass, or it was, it was third and fifteen, and they threw a pass, and they got made it like fourth and one to fifty, and there was an offsides penalty, and he declined it and punted on fourth down. Whereas you could have accepted the penalty and had third and ten, or you could decline to have fourth and one and went for it. And that was the correct decision to make: is you go for the one yard instead of having third and ten again. Right. And he punted, and, he, and like. He amended his mistakes. Like, yeah, I screwed that one up. But it's one of those things that's so, like, elementary and basic. You know what I mean? And it's been two games, and I think a lot of people will start to maybe dislike Coley, maybe in, like, if they're, like, two and seven or whatever. But for now, everybody really likes him because they started off fairly well. But I think uh, the team's a lot more enjoyable with him here instead of Bill O'Brien, you know? Matt, Mark, um, pardon me, Matt. I wanted to ask you, uh, and doing some research, about this Texans team. I found out that Texans fans are really big on your offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly. And they almost speak of him like he's a breath of fresh air and like he's done really good things on the offensive side. Can you speak specifically to what they're doing that's causing uh, fans to really like what they have and um, what he's done specifically to gain that trust? Yeah, with him, it's kind of weird because he came here from Bill O'Brien. Like, he was a, a coaching assistant or a, a graduate assistant from Penn State. He came over there as like a tight ends coach and worked his way up to be an offensive coordinator. And as offensive coordinator last year, they like pulled the plays from him eventually after like they start off 0 2. And then whenever O'Brien was fired, he was able to take the plays back. But like last season with Watson, the one thing that he did that was something we've been clamoring for for years is that they ran a lot of empty sets. And this is off the top of my head, but I think they had DVOA of like 45.4% empty pa- on empty sets, and they averaged like nine yards of play. And they just spread the offense out, allow Watson to pick his matchups, and then you take off and run for a couple yards and nothing was there at all whatsoever. Or the pass rush, uh, the pass rush got to him. He's good enough bringing tackles, great plays. And that was like the bare minimum change he made last year. But even by doing that was such a, a far and away dramatic difference than what Bill Brown was doing with the offense. And it was kind of weird why they kept him here. 
uh, with the new regime change. Like you really don't see an offensive coordinator stay from a four-win team whenever you have a new coaching staff. But it was like a half-hearted attempt to appease Watson. And um, you know, he's been really good the first two weeks. And he's run a lot of RPOs. He's run a lot of play action passes. He's run a lot of bootlegs. I think he's he's done a good job, like not necessarily scheming the run game, but when the call runs, because of the way this offense is set up. They're not a great run team, but they have to run to be able to make sure that like, their RPOs and this sort of plays work. Um, he did a good job like attacking uh, the quarters defense that Cleveland runs with some er- like early breaking, inside breaking passes to attack those. Um, he did a good job attacking the Jacksonville Jaguars, like single high deep safety sets to be able to create some big plays off of it too. And so he's done a great job from um, two weeks. He's done a better job than he did last year after doing the bare minimum. So like the growth from Kelly has been one of like the, the plus sides that we've seen so far this year. Uh, cool. <clears throat> I'll stay up. Sorry. Hey, uh, Matt, uh, got a question, man, listening to everything you guys are saying, you talk about the veteran talent on, on the Texans and just looking at everything they've been going through for the last uh, year. I mean, you know, or two years, I guess, losing Watt and losing Watson now and losing Hopkins. It seems like this team was in a mode where they're just, you know, going completely in the track or in the, in the uh, a dumpster, you know, but somehow they seem to be being competitive with Tyrod Taylor. Is this team still a quarterback away from being a competitive team? Um, no, they're far away from that. And they're far, okay. yeah. And the, and the problem with it was that, you know, with the Bill O'Brien era, they were a really talented football team, but they were mm-hmm. held back by their coach, by his, his game plans, his decision-making. And then he just only got more and more power in the organization where he ends up becoming the general manager and everything else. And they just didn't add enough good players and they lost too many good players, you know, and uh, they kind of like are like a husk of a, of a, of a roster from a talent standpoint than they were, you know, even two or three years ago, losing Watt, losing reader, losing Hopkins um, and everybody else. And now like with this season, I mean, it's a team, a lot of veteran guys that are kind of like, I guess, fun to root for as they try to find like a new home. Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, and they're just, they're running like the scheme, like competently enough that they're able to take advantage of Trevor Lawrence's mistakes in week one. They were able, and Justin Reed's been incredible the first two weeks of the season. He's forced three of the five turnovers and forced the two turnovers against Cleveland on his own last week too. And that's really kind of what carried that defense also. But yeah, they're not they're not quarterback away. They're probably like, the way it's going to work with them, if they nail the Watson trade, nail the draft picks that come along with it, they can maybe be good in two years from now. You know, okay. But if they don't nail the Watson trade, they don't nail the draft picks along with it, they're not going to be good maybe for four or five years from now unless somehow they get like a really great you know, young quarterback and able to kind of build a team again that way. But there really is a whole lot of talent here at all right now. Okay. While we're talking about the future of the Texans, one of the things is the Panthers um, acquired our GM this past year. It's been an odd, um, I guess, way of getting to that GM where you hire the coach first, you keep the old GM, and then you uh, bring in a new GM and pair him with a coach. He's got to deal with it. But one of the guys in that search uh, for two, two years for us as we were flirting with the idea of getting a new general manager was Nick Casario. And uh, the from the vaunted um, New New England. Yeah, everybody thinks this. Is everybody from New England is going to be great is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. And then nobody is good except for Brian Flores maybe. Um, Nick Casario lands the GM job in Houston. And I don't know what's really going on there, to be honest, and where the direction is going. What is your evaluation of Nick Casario? Because from afar, I'm like, man, this might not be bad that we didn't get him. 
Yeah, it's it's that whole thing was really bizarre because it was they tried to hire Nick Casario two years ago. They fired Brian Gain. Um, you know, Bill O'Brien and Jackie Spree, I guess, worked together to do that. Try hard Casario. Then they're hit with tampering charges. And this all kind of happened after East Spree went to New England for like, a, I guess, like a reunion or something like that. And they kind of like snuck away and, and were drinking together or whatever. And then all of a sudden, the Brian Gaines fired. They try hard Casario. And the Patriots filed tampering charges against him. They try to hire him. And then they end up pulling away. And then they make Bill O'Brien the general manager. And he was kind of stuck in that role from that point on. And so they they had their eyes on him in a way. But all offseason long last year, they had their own hiring firm, and he was never listed in any sort of interviews at all. Nobody talked to him at all whatsoever. And they were, he was supposed they were supposed to hire Con from Pittsburgh was the story. And at the last second, they pulled their offer there. They hopped on plane to England. They they hired Nick Casario, and they gave him like a record contract for a general manager as well too. And so he's been the GM since then. And in a weird way, like it it seems like optics wise, it would allow Eastby kind of trench himself even even further into his role at the Houston because there's no ways to be fired if he hires his best friend to do so. And knowing that gives his best friend, you know, $7 million a year for the job that he has. But with Casario this year, I think like from an offseason like standpoint, you know, football wise, aside from all the optics, he just didn't make, he didn't have like a cohesive plan at all. Like there's a schism in. It's a non-plan plan right now. Yeah. It feels like a non-plan. Yeah. He just did weird things. Like he restructured a bunch of contracts he restructured Zach Cunningham. He restructured Shaq Lawson. He restructured Larry Tunsil. He restructured Marcus Cannon. That's going to limit cap space for 2022 to create cap space for this season so you can hire or so you can sign, you know, Camu Greiger Hill and Christian Kirksey and Joe Thomas and Malik Collins and all these veteran players. And so it made zero sense to want to create cap space for this year. Whereas, like, this year should have been eat our lumps, you know, pay off these bad contracts so that we have space next year, draft a quarterback early on, whatever. Um, the draft was weird too because they trade up, like you guys know, for Carolina draft Nico Collins. Also, taking a quarterback in Davis Mills in the third round was pretty bizarre. Also, um, and then even just like some of the decisions they made did not give young guys, you know, snaps to see what they have in them. Like moving Tyus Howard to guard, not playing Lion Johnson Jr. at safety, even though I don't think he's all that great to begin with at all. Uh, keeping Vernon Hargraves here for another year at cornerback position, and just also not like signing any any like young talent at all. In free agency, you know, like there's always guys who are you know 24, 25 or so. Um, you may need another shot. Like Cam Sims, like ex- for example, like in Washington, would have been like a good sort of player for Houston sign. And they didn't go after this sort of guys. They went after veterans, you know, non-playable characters instead. And now they have this like weird roster that's old, hasn't a lot of draft capital in it, and we still don't know who these young players are at the same time, too. Matt, I wanted to listen, we obviously couldn't get you out here without mentioning Deshaun Watson and talking about him in some way, shape, or fashion. I wanted to pose to you a question that you hopefully haven't gotten a million times. I'll just put it to you simply. Did you ever think that you would see a day when all of the Texans fan base would go from just loving this guy as like the next savior of Houston football to being just considered like this pariah like nobody wants anything to do with them they don't want to hear about the situation they're embarrassed about this whole trade like it's almost like he's a ghost like it's just like don't look at him yeah just turn your back don't look at him don't look at him help document for us how this has been for for texans fans because one i'm a diehard clemson fan so me and deshaun go way back i'm a super fan of him from when he was playing with clemson 
but also as Carolina Panthers, like uh, you know, we've had a very strong, powerful, dynamic quarterback in Cam Newton, and that it didn't end as bad as the Deshaun thing did. But we've lost you know, our greatest yeah, love. Lost, Don't worry, yeah. we have lost our greatest love as we, well in a we, different we way. Felt, right? We felt something at least similar. So, how would you say this past? year has been for Texans fans and their overall view of Deshaun. Yeah, I, like whenever the they started 0-4 last year and O'Brien was fired, at least we knew that there was, you know, possibility for like a really beautiful future mm-hmm. just by getting a good general manager, getting a good head coach that actually builds around Neil Watson. And uh that was the idea and that didn't happen all whatsoever. You know, like as I mentioned, like the general manager hiring process that led to Watson asking for a trade because he didn't like the direction the organization was, was going in. And then they hired David Coley still didn't like the direction the organization was going in. And the sexual assault allegations came out and then that kind of like put everything in a standstill from that point on. But yeah, I think describing him as a ghost is kind of the best way to do it, you know? And I, I really don't know, um, you know, what's going on. 22 accusations is a whole lot. And I don't really feel like anything one way or the other, you know, regarding Watson right now, it's just kind of purgatory, you know, and like you know, he's gonna be traded. You know, he's gonna be gone. And uh, and I also, I just don't think like the Texans would still be. They would be, you know, probably like a nine, ten win team with them right now. But it's it's something that happened before, and it, and it's not gonna happen anymore. You know. Follow up question to that is this: Is that from the outside, from a team that was struggling and looking for a quarterback ourselves before these allegations came out? People are all over here saying like we could trade three picks, three first rounds, five for like all this crazy stuff people are talking about. Um, Deshaun Watson, his persona was so beautiful, like pristine mm-hmm. at that moment. Is, is, is it not anymore? Like, is it, I mean, obviously it's not like, I mean, <laughs> obviously it's not pristine, but is it uh, ruined completely? Like, how does he? In my in my eyes, we had a we had a player. We had Greg Hardy, who got uh, him and his girlfriend got coked up and got in a fight uh, over a Nelly song that because she used to sleep with Nelly, and they got in a fight and it landed into this whatever. But he's he never basically his his career was ultimately at the pinnacle at that moment and forever ended, even though he went to Dallas. Is is Watson's career? Is it? How does he salvage it? And I guess did you go from looking at him as a good guy? Do people think he's a bad guy now? I, I yeah, it's it's weird because I mean I I live in San Antonio, so like I don't live in Houston, and so I do I don't meet very many Texans people here at all. But like it's mainly through communicating on the internet, and like there's sure, like a weird sure. dynamic where there's like um, there's people who still say like oh I have faith in him you know, and whatever else, or I can't wait to see him out there again, that sort of thing. And there's a lot of people who just like, he's a, you know, he's a serial rapist and nobody should have anything to do with him at all anymore. As far as his career go, though, goes though, he's 25. Um, the way the NFL legal process works or their investigation process is that they, they take the evidence that they have and then from the defendants and they give it to the player. So they would take the people that accused them of sexual assault, take the evidence that they have against them, and then give it to him before his court case even happens. And so a suspension probably won't happen for Watson until probably 2023. And so it's not anything that's like imminent, I don't think. It's just this weird purgatory of him not playing in Houston. 
Um, as far as like, his career being salvageable, well, I think it is because you know if, if a guy goes to a different team and he plays really well and is incredible, they're going to like him. You know, we saw it happen with Michael Vick. Um, he got a second contract in yeah. Philadelphia for a hundred million dollars. And so I'm, I don't, this is kind of the way things typically works. Like if you're playing really great and, uh, and you're like out there in the field, people will tend to, you know, gravitate back towards you and go through the whole rehabilitation process and everything else. And who knows what's going to happen you know, through the legal process also. Is he still collecting the game checks right now? Though? That's Cause he's just know. listed as inactive, but he's not suspended. If this was 2016, they would put him on the not commissioner's non-exempt list right away, mm-hmm. right away, because of the remember Ray Rice punched that girl in the face. We saw it on video. Boom mm-hmm. on this list, 22 charges in this may, and I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I'm pretty sure that he doesn't want to play for the Texans. The Texans don't want him to play for them at this point, and now he's just getting paid to what is he getting paid for and is he getting paid yeah i think he is because he showed up to training camp didn't practice at all just so he wasn't fine you have fifty thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was just he was just on his phone the whole time uh you know browsing his favorite <laughs> subreddits you know and so he's i mean I, I i believe he's collecting game checks and it's kind of weird like the nfl where they what? were so quick to suspend people before that now they're kind of more lenient now that we're not going to rush judgment immediately. We're going to let the legal process play out first and then kind of go from there. And so, yeah, like if this was 2014 or whatever, he'd probably be suspended for a year already or indefinitely kind of like what you're seeing with baseball with, uh, with Bauer out there. Um, And so like, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going, what's going to happen. I just don't see him being suspended for 2023. If he is, I have no idea what's going to happen in the legal process. He may settle out of court ahead of time too. Um, it's just, it's very murky, but the, like, again, the only thing I really kind of believe is that he'll, he won't be suspended until 23. And then if he does, I think another team's going to take him. He's going to play there. He's probably really good. And it may take like a year or whatever for <laughs> that's that so messed up. It's going to take this again. long. That's isn't the so difference though, up. isn't the difference here between like the categories that we've seen, like he hasn't had criminal charges brought against him. He's got an investigation, Right. But Greg Hardy had criminal charges brought again brought against they him. Were Ray dropped, Rice, though. They but were they dropped. they were charged, and that's when he was put on the commissioner's exempt list, right? Like that's mm-hmm. when that happened. Okay. Uh, same thing with Ray Rice. I mean, and number one, also you got to keep in mind these guys had like there was no doubt that they did the things that they did. Right now, we're dealing with civil lawsuits that happen to pretty much businesses day in and day out. I don't think that putting him on a commissioner's exemplist makes sense for the NFL at this point in time. That's a fair argument, though, CK. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It it sounds very lawyerish. You should go be a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and in my knowledge, like, they did some investigating the city of Houston, but they haven't, like, gone through any sort of, like, criminal investigation. Or, like, they may be going through it right now. But there hasn't been like official criminal criminal charges come against them at all yet, you know. So it's like they're they're going through the civil process, and who knows what's going to happen, you know, before or after that, or what's going to occur with it. But I think, you know, I think in the NFL, it's going to be a long time before we see any action all there. Matt, my final question for you tonight: I just want to know where your head's at going into this game, how you see it playing out, um, you know, where you see the Texans faltering where you potentially see them even having some success um, against the Panthers. And do you have a prediction that you would like to make for this game? 
it's it's really just like pray for Davis Mills. You know, like I finished, <laughs> I finished watching all the video on the Carolina on Carolina's defense today. I try to watch like every... We're relentless, bro. This pass <laughs> rush is like harassment. Who's your favorite? File the harassment the charges. Rush? They're gonna put us on the not on the commissioner's non-exempt list after this game. Who's your who's your favorite player in this pass rush? Brian Burns. No. Yeah. I, I mean Brian Burns right now is the guy that we did all Did you think see the necklace he wore, homie? Yeah, Cody, he's, did he's, you he's see the necklace? No, uh, did you see the necklace he wore in the postgame, the diamond Spider-Man joint? Bro, he's a real he's a real right now. I, I would say that Brian Burns is the one that we think is really on track to have a superstar year. Um, and but we also Derek think Brown, baby. Derek Brown is gonna fucking this poor guy, <laughs> man. The, the grandma is gonna be crying for what's his name again? David, what Davis, Davis Mills. Mills? Yeah, I don't even know it. Davis, Davis <laughs> Mills, poor grandma. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna change the segment from poor David Cully to poor Davis Mills' grandma who cried <laughs> because Derek Brown is. He mean in between the lines, man. Yeah. He's a mean, mean fucking man in between the lines. Yeah, he's he's my favorite player in this front seven. Like he's he's gonna be like Fletcher Cox, you know, but he's just uh nine years younger than he is or so. <laughs> and and like and like you even watching Wilson, like Jameis has been better at climbing the pocket um than he has in years poor years before so far until you know he had nobody open because they have no wide receivers there. And he was trying to create something out of nothing while being behind and Look like he's being bitten by bees the whole time in the second half of that game. And Wilson's very mobile. He got he took a couple of bad shots also there. Um, I just don't see like a way they be able to move the ball. And their run, their run block in their offensive line, they just don't get to the second level very well. They try to run mid zone and outside zone. It doesn't work well. And and uh, like you were talking about Brown, Brown's great against stopping those runs too. They're so fast, they'll make tackles from the base from the backside of it. And they they've been better at creating like individual movement on the first level. But it's a lot different blocking Daquan Jones and and Brown and those guys than it is than you know Javon Hamilton Jacksonville too. And then defensively, like the only thing I I think that's going to give them there's any like light there at all for them is they just defend the screen games really well. Um, both against Cleveland and Jacksonville until Felton broke up, broke all those tackles and scored. And Carolina loves to run a ton of screen passes, but they were able to tackle Christian McCaffrey you know three years ago. Now the defense is even worse than it was then too. Oof, that's rough. The road's getting tough for the Houston Texans, right? Yeah, and then the, yeah, they play Buffalo, New England, and Indy, and then Arizona after Carolina. But I'm expecting Carolina win like I don't know, 31 to nine, if that. Wow. You know, 27 wow. to six. Like I don't think they're going to score more than 10 points. It's a seven and a half point spread, I believe, right now. Yeah, I pick Carolina with Davis Mills. If Tyra was playing, I would take. I think. You just like right. the seven and a half is a lot in the NFL yeah. with the right. real starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Um, I guess is there are there any last questions you have? It's like an interview. Right? Every real and I tell all my students, I'm a teacher in life, um, and I am a teacher of fans when it comes to Carolina <laughs> Panthers. And that at the end of every interview. When you go into a professional interview, folks, the last question is, do you have any questions for us? Any questions for y'all? Um, are are you more happy? Are you? Or, that's not the way you say that. I, uh, I'm a Texas public school You're hired. You're hired. It's that damn Texas public school education. 
Are you happier with Sam Darnold than with Teddy Bridgewater? Yes. Fuck yes. So much happier. Yes. If you look at what Teddy Bridgewater is doing right now, and this has basically been true for Teddy always, he's as good as his roster will let him be. And the fact of the matter is that the Panthers were never going to be a contending offense with Teddy Bridgewater under center. Um, we, we didn't have the offensive line, and frankly, he was too averse to taking shots downfield. Sam, uh, he's he's been great. I mean, he's made all the throws. He's had some weird misses here and there, but overall, if if we're able to pass protect for him, we have no doubt, you know, that Sam is good and is continuing to get better with these new head coaches that we think have really done dividends for him mm-hmm. and, and and his development. So. Yeah, without question, bigger fans of Sam than Teddy. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater was a um, – I would say – I would put Teddy Bridgewater in the category of Alex Smith, but maybe not as as uh, consistent. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, unfortunately, when facing tough defenses, has not been able to actually do much. Um, and that's you know something he hasn't had the luxury of facing this year yet. Uh, and so when that actually happens, I think you're going to see what Teddy Bridgewater really is capable of doing. And I think it's going to be a big drop off. People are really expecting him to do great things, but it's not going to happen. I, I can tell you that we watched so, too much film last year of him just being the reason we didn't win. Yeah. My computer isn't working well. So if you can hear me, I can't see y'all. The only thing I say about Teddy Bridgewater is this is don't be fooled just because two good weeks right now. I'm I'm happy for my man. And it is crazy that he's thrown more passes over 20 yards in two games than he did in an entire season for us. That is insane, too. Mm-hmm. But watch the speed of the ball. Don't worry. Is that it, 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 this ain't going to last that long. And I'm not saying he's bad. He just ain't. He just ain't got enough. Yeah. When he when he has pressure, he he checks it down. That's, that's what's going to happen as they continue to really kind of get a feel for what that uh, Broncos offense really is. He's going to face much better defensive coordinators, much better defenses. And it's going to, you know, you're going to see Teddy revert to exactly what Teddy is. And that is simply just taking the easy throws. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, that, that 20 plus yards completion percentage, like is that 20 plus air yards or is that 20 yards completions, like 20 yard, like passes that happen to be yeah. run after the catch. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen him throw a lot of downfield passes in the highlights already that he did not do with us. Well, and but you know what? They look like they're in slow motion too. So mm-hmm. I don't even care. And th- that's the biggest thing with Teddy Bridgewater was, uh, you know, I feel like when he was with us, he played on one and a half levels of the field, whereas Sam Darnold could play on three. You know, uh, it's just the I have no like, once again I have no problem with playing you know dink and dunk and and, and short passes until it doesn't work. And when you don't have the ability to play a different game when that doesn't work, then it doesn't work for me. And and Sam Darnold's getting that done so far, which Teddy Bridgewater couldn't. So as he far as that, push that ball, goes, dude. yeah, he, he, he can't push, push the ball. The ball. Yeah. Like he yeah. can throw a wide open pass, but watch him when he throws these deep passes. It looks like he's putting. You want to? You guys want to talk about Cam Newton not having any arm strength? Cam Newton could out throw Teddy Bridgewater in a throwing contest right now in he, distance. He, Here's the other difference too: is through just two games with Sam Darnold, I hate Teddy I'm, I'm more <laughs> confident that if it comes down to a, uh, you know, as fast as you can, quarterback's got to make the decision to win the game type deal to call a play to to, to you know in the huddle or whatever. 
I'm more confident with Sam Darnold than I was with Teddy Bridgewater after all season last year. So, yeah, I know. I, I think I think he was three and a one score games last year, or whatever. Uh, I love Teddy, but that's mainly because I wanted, <laughs> I wanted Houston draft him in 2014, and instead yeah. they uh, drafted Xavier Sofia, who is playing guard for Cincinnati right now. And so yeah, I liked him I better when he wasn't a Panther, and before the knee injury, man, he just. I don't and he, know. Hey, he has, he has some swagger now too with his gold chain. He's a little bit different. He he found his groove back, you know. You're right. He's uh, I think Panther fans made him like this because we were some haters on some. Oh, he found, he found his dark side. Then he discovered his shadow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt Weston from Battle Red Blog, also Battle Red Radio, um, where you guys put out a ton of uh, a ton of audio ranging from just not only the Houston Texans, but all of the NFL as well. Tell our listeners how they can find your work. Yeah, if you want to listen to a weekly NFL preview, we usually do it for a Friday morning. And it's if you just search for Battle Red, Red Blog into podcast, you can kind of see, us, see it there. Or Houston Texans podcast, you can find it too. But that's there every Friday, and it says like you know week one or whatever, NFL preview. And then I'll be writing a Texans Panthers preview for Thursday morning. I have to finish watching one more game of Carolina offensive video, and uh, I'll have that ready for Thursday morning around eight o'clock or so. So if you need something to read on the toilet Thursday morning, I have that for you. Don't sleep on DJ Moore, homie. Mug is just the <laughs> next Steve Smith in the making. Thank you for your time tonight. How can they follow you on Twitter? Yeah, it's at Matt. Double underscore, not one underscore, but there's two of them. Dose. Weston, so Matt, double underscore, <clears throat> Weston. And I, I posted all 10 Carolina Panther sacks so far this year. If you uh, have a minute and a half, you want to see something cool. Hell yeah, we do. that, Folks, you better go retweet that because I will go watch that right now. Thanks, Matt, for your time, man, and your insight. And uh, best of luck to you, but not this weekend. Of course. Thursday. <laughs> this Thursday. Just pray for Davis Mills. I know y'all want Carolina win, but pray for his health and safety because oh, that does that does seem like the right thing to do. Yes. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. My we mother are, would approve. Mama Dunn would approve. Who's the backup to Mills? Jeff on Driscoll. Thursday? Do you remember no. Jeff Driscoll? It's, it's Jeff Driscoll. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh, is man. that a NASCAR driver? It sounds Pretty like much. it, don't it? Yeah. Is, is, it is it true? Uh, before you get out of here, is it true? I heard they, uh, they asked David Culley uh, what they were going to do if they continued to run low on linebackers, and they said they would put Ingram in the Wildcat. I didn't hear that. Um, oh, quarterback, not linebacker. I can imagine. Man. I think I said that if they if they got enough guys hurt because Ingram's played the Wildcat before, and that's probably the next best option. That's if what they were talking about. Jeff Driscoll, really? We, were, we did that yeah. shit in 08, bro. We did that. I think it was 08 or 09. We did that with D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, and actually had some success. You saw the Miami Dolphins do it with Ronnie Brown and who's the other guy? I can't remember it. They ran that too. Nobody had nothing. They just and it's it's hard to it's hard to stop to be honest. I think we were a Will Greer away from having Christian McCaffrey do the same thing. <laughs> you just gotta have if you have the dopest ass defense, you could do it. Like I think Alabama or somebody could do. Imagine if a team did that in college and just like tried to make fun of their opponent. They're just like screw. Didn't it. even just had it. all their quarterbacks inactive saying we got this. <laughs> uh, we can beat your ass <laughs> anyway. Go. 
All right, Matt. Well, thanks a lot for your time, man. And uh, we hope to catch up with you in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Enjoy Thursday. And again, pray for Davis Mills. He needs it. He needs everything he can to stay upright. Amen. Amen. Put hands in the chat, (laughs) y'all. Amen. Amen. I say to you, folks, that's a. Uh, you know what is listen to Matt Weston's podcast, Matt double underscore uh, Weston's podcast, Red Blog Radio. It's it, it's been very entertaining from what I've, I've listened to. So at least give him the love and them the support in uh, this road to success. Hopefully the Carolina Panthers are going to be facing uh, guys. Let's uh, just what did you learn? As I go ahead and cue the cat calls up, what'd you learn from our discussion with Matt Weston about Thursday night's um, matchup? Uh, Well, that it doesn't like our chances very much. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I learned that uh, what I hear, what I heard um, announcers and and, and sports analysts talking about after week one with the Texans and what the fan base actually feels is totally different because from what I heard after week one, they were a contender and they're doing well. And then through half of week two, same way. And everybody's talking about, Oh, they, they, they're, you know, quarterback away. They're a decent team, but from a fan perspective, apparently it's not. So well, I, I trust think a little this more. Too is what we also learned is that for them, again, like playing with house money type mentality, but we've seen the, overreaction week one week two overreaction takes right um throughout the nfl and we're trying to be super (laughs) excited about this team and also hopefully we're not in the overreaction take category i don't think we i truly don't think we are right now is i think like this is a young exciting team i don't know if we're gonna Mm -hmm. sudden be 16 and 0 or something like that right. like, or 15 and 0. like i'm not saying that but we are the team looks way ahead of schedule in my eyes for what i thought it was going to be i didn't say I didn't, i'm not even saying 2 and 0 is the schedule i'm just saying like we look more balanced overall than I, I, I'm, I'm it's a pleasant surprise mm-hmm. right but when you look at teams like uh the saints you look at the teams like the Packers, there was an overreaction in week one about what these guys truly were. And Cody has a good kind of formula to this is how long does it take us to figure out what is true? Oh, you're on mute. How's he on mute? He was ready to go too. He yeah, was I was. Too. I forgot that. Come on. Stuff. How long does it take? Yeah, for between us to six out? and seven weeks. That's yep. my golden rule. After those, after that sixth week, I'll bump it up to seven because they added one more game this year. Uh, but around that time, that's when you start to get into November football. That's when the weather really starts to change. You know, that's when you've already played a good bit of your schedule, so you can tell. Uh, you know, if injuries are starting to plague you or not, I mean, you really start to know what kind of team you have after that point in time. And if you go back every year, there's a team that right around that point, right or is it somewhere a little bit before or a little bit after a team that starts out really good after that point, they just fall off a cliff. Yeah. I remember uh, the 2000. 15 Falcons, the 2016 Vikings. There's been a number of different instances in this. So 
uh, it's important right now while the Panthers are on this stretch where we have a bunch of good, favorable matchups, we need to do what we're supposed to and close them out. And we have the defense to be able to do that. I wanted to ask a question, Tony, to you and everyone else real quick. Is there any part that makes you a little bit nervous that the Panthers, because let's be real, we're going to be favored. <clears throat> we're, we're favored to win this. I think we're, we're what, at minus eight now, minus eight points, something like that. Um, is there any part of you all that's afraid that the normal primetime Panthers are going to show up? The Panthers that normally get the point whenever we're on the right stage. All right, I'm what's that? I'd be more concerned if it was another one of those games like a 49ers game or a Steelers game or something like that. But I feel like, number one, we have the majority of the the, the big-time players that we have on this team have been in this system uh, for a good amount of time. Um, I, I think that, uh, again, and this you could look at this as a positive or a negative, but I think that Joe Brady is going to call a game plan that takes the game out of Sam Darnold's hands and keeps it on you know, in a, in a predictable mm. way, in a consistent way. I think we're blowing them out, man. We're blowing these mugs out. We're going to be throwing bombs. <laughs> but, you know, my, my I think we're going to blow them out because I think our defense is going to give us a very short field position on a very, uh, uh, you know, I guess on, on, a, on a pretty regular basis. And so that's going to offer easy scores, easy, you know, opportunities. Basically, I could see this turning into what Green Bay Saints game was, where the Saints just you know, we're able to get the ball back with only 30 yards to go on every single drive they had, giving, you know, Jameis Winston the ability to throw five, you know, touchdowns with less than 150 yards. Unheard of. But I think it's possible with this defense. I think, look, I think the Carolina Panthers are trending <clears throat> up. Mm-hmm. I think we're trending up in oh, all yeah. sides of the ball. And, and I think this is that the defense, obviously, is a, is a higher part of the mountain but I don't think they're at the top of their mountain. I think they still have improvement that is going to happen. And I think this offense is going to take steps forward, significant steps forward. And so I don't expect this to be the week. I don't care if it's prime time, low time, high tide, low tide, whatever. I I don't care. Panthers this week are going to be better than they were last week because I don't think we've suffered (laughs) – a lot of injuries and if, according to Cody Lashney, the injuries we have suffered may be addition by subtraction. Right? Hey, Tony, right. you asked me in the private chat, who did we play? Oh, after- oh no, Greg looked it up. Greg, look, oh. don't take Greg's under. Oh, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say the, that we played Seattle week six. That was the 27, 23. Listen win. to that. Think about that. Think about that. We beat Seattle in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the true. Greg Olson. Was, uh, touch, that was the Greg Olson big touchdown game? A big, big, Giant. big catch yeah. touchdown game. Yeah, Giant. Giant. that game. I'm telling that, you, man, that was that, the game for me right there. That was said. We are here. Like this is the team the to beat. Schedule up still. No, yeah, yeah I dude. Do. I'm looking at it right now. Right after um, that, we played, was uh, uh, who was after Philly. that? Colts. We played Philly right after that. Then then Colts before it was it Colts. Right after it was Seahawks, Eagles, then Colts. Yeah. And then Dallas on no, Thanksgiving no. or something like that. No, then uh Green Bay. Green Bay, yeah. We play we didn't play on Thanksgiving. Well, I don't know, unless we play Washington on Thanksgiving. We played uh we played Thanksgiving that then year. It must have been it must have been Washington. Yeah. Well, it could have been Washington uh, or Dallas, actually, now look at it. Yeah. Prime time game. Oh, I Thursday it was, was Thursday. Dallas, yeah. 
I remember I, that shit like yesterday, dude. Oh, like that was the best joint can, Thanksgiving can, day. The pandemic. That was one of the best great. Thanksgivings ever, man. But can, hey, can, I got I got a point about that about that week six thing, huh? I'm telling you. Yeah. I, I, no. Week, look at that. Yeah. Week six. And week six was the week the year that after Cam Newton got hurt that we started out after the, uh, where he got his shoulder hurt against oh, Pittsburgh. That was Pittsburgh. that week two. That was week six too, wasn't it? I say you six don't or seven, move one, it to seven, Coney. No. Don't yeah. move it to week well, seven. Right. Y'all want to hear a really cool stat? Week Check six. this yeah. out. In 2015, yeah, in 2015, through two games, the Panthers scored 44 points. And in 2000, or now, through two games, we scored 45. So, Ooh. like, we're right in line. With where we're we better were than we were then. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. So, oh, just saying. Fuck, just, and, and we've actually allowed less points this year. We've allowed 21 points this year. And in 2015, we allowed uh, 19 and 7, 25 doesn't points. It, doesn't it feel better when we're excited about the Carolina Panthers rather than looking forward to what our draft pick is going to be? I get Dude. nervous, though. I get nervous about being <laughs> That's the best part of being I'm a so fan, excited man. about being excited. Gosh, that's wonderful, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan Asking Gould it, man. For the two dollars. Is it prayers for Wilmington? Bad, bad flooding. Prayers up to Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I'm just pumped about this football team. I think that we have a good schedule ahead of us. I think we've got the defense to go even further, Tony. Let's see what these cat calls got to say, brother. What are let's, these Panther fans thinking? Let's do it. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very oh, uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like All right, this is going to sound outlandish at first, all right? But give it a chance, okay? First of all, I'm going to tell you why the Buffalo Bills is our single most important game the entire year. I'm going to tell you why the Panthers and the Buccaneers meeting in Charlotte after Christmas could be for the division, essentially, at that point. And it sounds a little crazy at first. But here's the thing. If you look if you look at Tampa's schedule, what are they? They're two and zero right now. They got the Rams, that's a loss, that's two and one. The Patriots, that's three and one. Dolphins, that's uh Dolphins, I think that's four and two, and then five and two against the Eagles, four and uh, six and two against the Bears, seven and two against the Saints. And then I think the Giants, Eagles, Colts, they lose one of those, that's eight and three. They beat the Falcons. I think they lose to the Bills. That's eight and four. Then they play the Saints, and that would be nine and four. I think they're supposed to be ten and four. I might have missed the game. I think they're going to be ten. You know, I'm not going to go to the game. It doesn't matter. That <laughs> one's just the boring one. But for us, this is where it gets good. Okay, so the, the Buccaneers are. Pro- I think they're going to be ten and four when they come to play us. The Panthers. We're we're. I think we're three and zero oh after the Texans. I think the Cowboys, Eagles. We lose one of those. That's four. That's four and one. Then that's five and one the Vikings, six and one against the Giants, seven and one or yeah, seven and one against the Falcons. And then you hit the Patriots, the Cardinals, the football team, and the Dolphins. All you gotta do is go five hundred. 
the football team and the Patriots both very beatable, and even the Dolphins are beatable, especially if they don't have a quarterback. So I think 500 there is really realistic. And then they come into the Falcons, and that would make them uh, 10 and 3 going in to play the Bills. And here's why the Bills game is more important than the Bank of America Stadium game. If the Panthers win that Bills game, then they could be in a position where they could beat Tampa in Carolina and have a chance to solidify the division in New Orleans. If they go into that game tied with Tampa, then it would be then they would have to beat Tampa again probably in in Tampa Bay, which is not going to happen. I, we don't beat them twice. We're not going to beat them in Tampa, but I think we got a real shot at beating them in Carolina this year. I know it's kind of crazy to think, but I have no reason to think this defense is going to get any worse. Phil Snow only improved the defense last year. Joe Brady, I feel like, has gotten better since the last year, and he I thought he looked a lot better today. And uh, it stalled a little bit, but I feel like there were a few factors to that. And uh, I've always believed in Matt Rule since day one. And, I mean, I, I'm not saying it'll happen, but I think if this – Oh, got cut off right at the very end. Yeah, yeah he's got 15 but seconds. But it's left. very realistic to think that we could go into that game. God damn it. You know what? I, I Discard this call. I shouldn't – I fucking totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, awesome. I like what he was going with, man. Mm-hmm. And no. listen, it's so far. Go ahead, Greg. You, you had something you wanted to say. Go for oh, it. Oh, the only thing I was going to say is I, I, I was going to agree with you. I like where he's going with it. The only thing I would disagree with is the Dallas uh, Philly game about losing one there. I think you need to look out for Minnesota. I think they're the best zero and two team in the NFL. They are, and, and they're they're, they're a really good team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, yeah, they're playing they're, really they're, well on offense. They've been down to the wire with the Bengals and with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's that Week Six matchup for us. That's our Week Six opponent that we played Minnesota. So um, I'm all in I, on this Week Six thing. You've been saying that this is not the first. It's, it's Look, the truth. No, I've said this for years. 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 Yeah. years. I mean, I, th- years, I think almost dude. everybody looks like you got to take a few weeks for the offense to gel. The defense can get it almost. I think something, it's you brilliant. Know, faster I think than you the found the can. formula, dude. Thank you, bro. And so, but to that caller's point, listen, man, if the Panthers are a good team, like we're all thinking they're going to be at the end of the year, let me tell you, the last four weeks of this Carolina Panthers season is going to be fucking insane. Brutal. You have to go on the road in Buffalo in the month of December, and you know it's going to be snowing sideways. Then we're going to close the uh, the schedule with three division games. The Tampa two Bay, back, almost two back to back against Tampa. Tampa like. Bay Buccaneers. Uh, then we are on the road against New Orleans, and then we stay on the road and finish out the season in Tampa Bay. Man, that after week ten, division. look, read the last eight games. Though it's murderers row at the end, but I have a theory, guys, as he listen as he lists this schedule to us, as Cody lists it to us, is I feel like we're gonna gain momentum in right. these first this first half of the schedule where we need to, and we're gonna get chiseled into a hard team through adversity. Like yeah. we're gonna be prepared. Tell us about the adversity we face in the back half. So it's the, a br- it's murderer's row after the Patriots. The last eight games is we are on the road to the uh, Arizona Cardinals. 
Which, by the way, the, I, I put this out on Twitter. The Cardinals and the Broncos are always a good team when the Panthers are good. And I don't understand that for the life <laughs> of me, dude. Right. <laughs> That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, dude. It's an excellent point. NFC Championship game was the Cardinals. And then the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Bron- yeah, Broncos, we've seen these teams a lot. And in 2013 or 14, we played the Cardinals in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, man. But all right, so here, here's the final eight. Cardinals, Washington football team, Miami Dolphins, Atlanta Falcons, Buffalo Bills, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's our final eight. You know, it eight, sounded man. a lot worse um, or a lot, like uh, six months ago when we didn't think the Falcons was, were stinky. Well, but dude, even when they even when they suck, they're is always in, the is place it in forward. Atlanta or is it here? No, it's here. Okay, that helps. You know, you get kind of a lull after Washington. That might help us. All of a sudden, now I'm feeling more prospects feeling good. Those last three games kind of tough. Or four. They're a little tough. Games are tough, but I, I mean, look, I mean the Cardinals. That offense, they can do a lot. That's going to be a tough matchup. That's probably one of the best matchups for our defense, even more so than Buffalo, because Buffalo, they're dependent on Josh Allen throwing the football. The Cardinals. Did Buffalo get old? Did Buffalo pull on defense? Did they get old on defense? No, they dude, they played the Dolphins, and that was exactly what they needed. I know, man, but the Dolphins lost to. Do you think yeah. they're older? I don't know if the Bills or no. I I, were I think team. they're one of no. I, I just I think they're one of those teams that you know not every team is going to have a hot start. I you think like Vernon Buffalo, Butler is Vernon but, Butler saved their team. Uh, maybe Shaq won. No, no, that actually Shaq went uh to the Jets. No, I mean I I just think they have a good. By the time we played the Buffalo Bills, that is still going to be one of the best teams in the AFC. I would be shocked if they weren't. But um, the Cardinals will be probably the best test for our defense, man. They have DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk is making a bunch of freak show Rondell catches. Moore. Yeah, Rondell Moore. I'm starting them this week in fantasy on the worst fantasy team in the history of the world in a different fantasy league. I mean, I won the title last year. I've got the Super Bowl hangover right away. Um. CK, right before we go to the next call, that that list doesn't sound as bad as it did before because Tua got hurt this week. Well, I mean, and honestly, if the, if the Dolphins were a good team, that list sounds a little bit tougher. You want to know my overreaction to what we see through week two? This defense can beat any one of those fucking quarterbacks to a pulp. Hell yeah! Every like, oh. I, I I I'm telling you. Brady hasn't faced a good defense yet. Like you want to talk about, like, let's look at the, I mean, again, people are, this is an injured career defense, right? That's what this is. (laughs) It's like career over defense. This is about to fuck around and find out defense. (laughs) Right. And so like, I don't look at this, uh, the, the matchups we have coming up and say, man, I'm really afraid. Right. Kyler Murray was playing lights out in a lot of the games that we were like, he was supposed to be playing lights out. And we still yeah. beat them. We we getting caught. Social services is called getting caught on us for killing that child. Right. So I mean, I don't right. think at this point in time, I think it makes you know, 
I, again, overreaction at this point. Uh, but I think this defense is more than capable of destroying any offensive line and these offense. I mean, we, we, yeah, they were missing their center, but the saints have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and we still fucked them over. And it wasn't even Jameis's fault. Like it wasn't that Jameis was holding onto the ball entirely too long. Way, though, I think in some way, the nature of the game, the way it goes both ways helps like the offense can help the defense, you know? So I don't want to just think that we could like our, our offense can go to sleep uh, on a week and we go murder somebody. You know, but it does feel like our defense is teeing up our offense a little bit. Now, look, we came out there and scored right away. That helped tremendously against the Saints. Right. Right. And then that defense, it allows your defense to play differently. If we, what are we going to make? What kind of t-shirt should we be making for that Arizona game? Like uh, murder that child. Um, Kyler Murray, or like, what is it? Is like, good God, that's a imagine poor little Kyler Murray facing this defense right now. He better, he better run for his life, man. But that's what I'm telling you. They have the offense to be able to to give us. Sure, a, a, they a, do. A, they do. I ain't trying to sleep on AJ them, Green. but we could murder that little boy. Not oh, boy. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that that little person. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's the proper. Boy. That's the proper term. You say little people now. That's how you refer to them. <laughs> and did right. you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I agree so, with that one. Never. I agree. Yeah. All right. Dog. Next call. Yo, guys, it's Nick from up here in Mass. What's up, hey, What's uh, up Nick? What up, Nick? Dude, it's pretty good whenever. Uh, when all the Panthers commentators and all the hosts from all the different Panthers podcasts, when we when we even sleep on our own defense, you know, let's face it, none of us thought that we were gonna we were gonna hold them to seven points this Sunday. You're right. You know, we all kind of figured it was gonna be a really close game, a really good game to watch. And trust me, it was a great game to watch. You know, I was not expecting a shutout like that. Um, so I'm happy with what I saw, especially on defense. Our defense is top-notch. It is the thing of nightmares. You know, quarterbacks are going to regret playing us this year. And it's going to be like that all year long. When you start talking about Derek Brown coming up the middle and then our edge rushers that we have coming in from the sides, holy shit. Okay? This defense had me excited before the season, but I was trying to temper my my expectations just because of how high we thought everything was the last couple of years. Right. And what the reality of the situation was. But damn, like our defense is lights out. They keep playing like this. <clears throat> Sam isn't going to have a single problem throughout the season, you know? And speaking of Sam, you know, Sam has actually impressed me. You know, I went into the season once again, you know, reserving my expectations just because of what he did in New York, you know, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to just sit here and think that he was going to all of a sudden change his tune just by coming to Carolina. But man, he's really stepped up, you know, that play, that yeah. play with that shuffle pass, you know, it's going to happen. There's going to be some flashes of Sam Vold. I can live with that as long as if they don't get crazy. Um, but one thing I want to mention, okay, is, we got to realize 
we played the New York Jets, which was one of the worst teams in the NFL last season. And they aren't necessarily much better this season. Then we played, you know, a piece together Saints team, you know, who was missing a whole bunch of guys. We're getting ready to play the Texans, the Texans, which we should blow them out. You know, so we haven't had a real test yet. And this is ideally the best situation for Donald. I mean, let's face it, you know, first three, four games going into it, you know, having a solid lead, never being behind, you know, it's great. It's awesome. And I'm happy for him. We are gaining confidence. I want to see what he's going to do under some real pressure. Love the show, guys. I'm going to call back. We are gaining confidence in these games. And I don't, I'm not going to, and thank you, Nick, for a, for being the, the anchor the co-anchor of the Friday free-for-all and a long-time listener of the podcast. But I'm going to tell you this is that, like, again, like, I don't want to apologize for having to play the Jets. I don't want to have to apologize for playing um, the hobbled Saints. I don't want to apologize for playing a hobbled Texans. I want to think of it like this, is that we're we're getting some easy fights early in our career. Get some some easier fights, but we're gaining some confidence as a fighter. Yeah, and we're gonna come in here, and then we beat the Dallas Cowboys next, or something like. We got to get some confidence here. Yeah, and listen, that's what I think we can do. Let them sleep on us. Let them. The most dangerous Panthers are the slept on Panthers. Mm -hmm. Let Mm -hmm. everybody think we ain't shit. Let everybody think that we're just playing around on some broken, beaten-up football teams. I'm telling you, we got that fuck-around-and-find-out defense. These teams about to fuck-around-and-find-out that we mean business. We're trying to take the head off your shoulders and bury you in the dirt. And that's what the Panthers are going to have to do, man. Respect is not given. It's earned. And quite frankly, we're going to take it. Yeah, I mean, every year there's there's teams. Every team plays a number of teams that they definitely should win that game. They play a number of sorry teams. It's just the way it works out, right? But the fact is, you're winning those games. Winning the games you should win is, is the difference between a championship team and, or excuse me, a playoff team at least, or a competitive team, and you know somebody who's got a lot of work to do. Right. When you lose games you should win, that's when you have a problem. I liked his yeah. point about wanting to reserve judgment uh, on Darnold till he saw something, right? Is that you can put the rose-colored glasses on and and hope and wish, what, yeah, right, for things to be great. You can put on the pessimistic glasses like so many people do, and they'll be like, everything sucks, everything sucks. Or you can wait and find out like Nick did. And what I'm thinking this is that um, just from what we've seen from Sam, Sam Darnold in Carolina, to me, it's arguably the best thing I could have expected. Yeah. Like right now, if you're giving me that the Ryan Tannehill is model is the, the bar, I think he's already exceeded it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like he just hasn't done. I mean, that that one play, yes, that's like kind of the Sam Darnold that that people told me was going to happen. But I don't even think that play was like 
I think this is that they're gonna go back and yell at him. He won't ever do that shit again. I hope. Mm-hmm. See, I don't. But other than I, that, man, it's like he's done everything I kind of wanted him to do, mm-hmm. see, and you, a little more. You said you think you haven't seen it, or you think you have seen it. I would say I haven't seen it yet, but it's not because of Sam. Like I feel like his performances in these past two games could have been even way better than it was, but just a few little dumb errors and pass protection by Pat Elfland and Paradis and some of our interior guys. And yeah, even Cam Irving, who did struggle a little uh, against Peyton Turner uh, versus the Saints. Like Sam could have had a much bigger game, but I'm waiting. If you to, told like, me that he uh, through three games, we would be two and zero. Met two games, we would be two and zero. Average have over three hundred, five hundred yards. Yeah, like uh, yeah, a pass in, uh, one interception, a rushing touchdown, and three passing touchdowns. I'm gonna say this is that uh, that's better than I expected. Yeah, here here's the thing with Sam is I, I think I'm gonna go to Cody's formula here, and my deal with him is after week six, that's when I decided this is the jersey I'm gonna buy or not. Dude, right. that's about yeah. it. I think that's what I'm going to blow this Texas team up. I think the offense is going to come out and put the big face fuck on the Texans. Could you imagine how fucking awesome that would be? I think it's oh. going to be. I think that's Dude, what's going to happen. If it, it Sam Darnold just came out and flexed on him on prime time, yeah. throwing for like yeah. 500 yards or some crazy shit. God, I would love that, dude. It's going to happen. It's gonna, I won't say 500 yards, but I'm saying this is like we're putting up 35. I'd love to see it. Yeah, above 30 points. And here's the thing. I, with think, Sam I don't is, know. The problem is Christian McCaffrey take all the points away from everybody. You know, yeah. so like yeah. Sam Darnold. Well, he, he only has one touchdown. Yards and have one touchdown and Christian McCaffrey just eat everything up. But Christian McCaffrey only has one touchdown so far this year. Right. But. but that's that's the same and thing that we were sensationalism in his backside. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, and then real quick, CK, before we go, let me just finish this one thought. The, the call, caller with Sam Darnold, I I agree with you. I'm I want to see him do something else, but so far he's done really well, and I can't not like him until he gives me a reason to. You know, uh, so I'm I'm sold on him after week six. I think that's that's the time when you decide whether it, for me whether I want to buy a jersey or not. But right. up until that point, as long as he's playing well, I'm sold on him. You know, he's done way more good than bad. So, sorry. You might need that. to wait till like week eleven. Well, I, I already decided. I'm getting, I already decided. Jersey. I'm getting a Burns jersey this year. That's that's the one I'm buying this year. But I may, ha- dude. If Sam Darnold through week it's six, or six this. and six What's your jersey order, uh, CK? Because mine is Derek Brown, number okay. one. Really. Um, yeah, Derek Brown's number one. Like he ain't going nowhere. That's the like, and if you wear the brown jersey to the joint, you know you fly. Like if you wear the like, you know you hardcore. You wear the D tackle joints. Yeah, the got that big number ninety five. Yeah, that's a you're that's a, a big, hard you, one to rock right there. Uh, you gotta buy the XXL I, though, right? You can't, you can't that, wear a tight jersey. Uh, Robbie Anderson joint number eleven. I'm big on that, the eleven. Right. Uh, fuck with that. Uh, next would be, Jim. I mean, Brian Burns has got to be up there, but like we better pay Brian Burns. Yeah, so I'm going to hey. put Chin up there because you get one more year maybe before, like if we don't pay Brian Burns, like I want the Brian Burns. These are, I want all of these. I want the Brian yeah. Burns joint. Yeah. I want the Chin joint. JC Moore. Reddick. Go Moore. ahead and pay yeah. these motherfuckers. Like we need to pay <laughs> Burns and Reddick today. 
listen, hey, I, I'm not I, I will lie. buy. I don't want that Dante Jackson too, man. Oh yeah, I do too. Uh, hey, I don't know yet because we, game, whether or not we sign him this year, I don't know if I'd want Dante Jackson yet. Hey, if if we go to a game, I will buy an Arnold jersey. If somebody will buy a Sam Darnold jersey, and we can stand next to each other. Darnold, and take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna say like the the other part that. We talk about like somebody was asking in chat about Terrace Marshall when he's going to start showing up, bro. The problem right now that you run into, they have so many people that they can feed the ball to. to Yeah, I I don't know that Terrace Marshall is going to be like this, you know, uh, just generational talent that we're going to see in his first year. We know he's capable of it, but I don't know if he's going to have the opportunity with the, the people that we have on this squad right now. Um, and honestly, it depends upon what you're looking for, because if he balls out this year, DJ Moore may not be getting his extension. I, yeah, but I just realized something, guys, is number one, we didn't ask this dude about Joey Sly. Oh, no. How did we not. not ask about that? Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, no, what you we were talking about, too much Marshall, time I think this anyway. is that while we're riding these high fucking hopes – Right now, as all springs eternal, all hope springs eternal, and like I'm seeing myself or us in the playoffs and shit. Like Terrace Marshall might be like a dark late horse. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody that comes into the offense because of an in, not an injury, but like new wrinkles and this and that. So don't kill, don't worry. <laughs> Just because it ain't on day one, homie. This might this dude might be catching up. Uh, touchdown in the NFC wild card game. Right. He he's a McCole Hardman for the Panthers, basically. Well, McCole Hardman's more of like a Robbie Anderson type, like a downfield type. I would have I don't said know, I got like him on my fancy team. He's been doing pretty bad this year. But. I mean, uh, I, I <laughs> like would even hope, say like, like the expectations are there. Man, yeah. that's, man, there's Terrace Mar- say- Terrace Marshall. You can't be like if you starting him in fantasy at this point, you started him. You way too early on to come up, folks. And yeah, and uh, that's another thing. Hugo next up says, "Don't forget about Shy Smith, uh, who will be set to make his return at some point this season too." Uh, and right. I think that's a piece that I would love to get involved more, mm. especially as the season goes on. And also, this you know, team I want to gonna get nasty. And, and, and by this. the way, we could be throwing. Look these. at what we're saying right now. We're, look at what we're saying right now. We're we're, oh. we're looking at all the different pieces. That we have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall Jr., Shy Smith. Like, that's not even mentioning Christian McCaffrey. Like, we have so many weapons on this football team. This offense can be so much better right. than it is. That's why the pass protection thing has been so frustrating, man. If we can actually get some adequate pass protection on this offensive line, like, dude, the offense could match the production. Of the defense, I mean, we could have an offense that's putting up a ton of points, and the defense that's the offense hasn't been bad, mouth. man. It's been good enough. The offense it hasn't been better. It, it, it can be, be better. Yeah, even better. Right. You be can better. see yeah. all the areas in which they're just one player doing the right thing away right. from being mm-hmm. even more dynamic than they already are. And if we hit that man, we're going to be unstoppable, dude. Unstoppable. Hey, I have one quick question for y'all. This uh, this kind of y'all talking about uh, Smith coming to the lineup uh, reminded me of it. We, we do have a lot of players or a lot, a lot of the future looks really good for people coming in off injuries. If we pay them. Now, 
Our defense is gelling right now, man. I mean, we are doing really, really well. What if we bring Bouye in and it messes that up? I just don't see it. I mean, I, mean, I, just don't, I, see it. I, I, look, I don't think I, they're going to rush him in, but will. they do I don't want think him. Will, but. I tell you this, they kind of do want him to play because they were asked about that. And I feel like Matt rules, like usually like, Oh, we're process oriented people. You got to do the, the baby, right. but he's like, uh, man, um, you know, we want him to play snaps, but we got to make sure his condition. Right. <laughs> like, uh, um, I think that, um, Look, is that that who is it? The Melvin guy, Rashad. Rashad Tell me Melvin. this. Guy. Rashad. Yeah, this Melvin. guy came in and we played against the Saints and he played all right. We lost. Uh, I, we need Bouye at this point. You know why? I'm but not what if you Greg? give him to us and he's pretty good at the nickel? Kind of like, uh, do you remember when we added that something Leonard guy? In 2017 or 2018, we were making a play on front. What was it? And it was a vet. And he was exactly what we needed to play. Something Leonard. Chat, help me out on this. And you don't have to be in sensationally athletic to play the position. You know, like he came in and his experience and his wisdom helped us. AJ Bouye. BR Bouye. Be the buoy of this defense, please. Man, it would be. I think cool. our defense is set up right now where everyone can just play fast. Uh, I mean, JC Horn benefits from having Dante Jackson and Jeremy Chen. They allow each other to play fast. So if, if Rashawn Melvin can play fast and downhill in this defense, I have no doubt that AJ Bouye can. Okay. Can can do said. the can do the same yeah. thing, if not even better, man. AJ Bouye has been a, a crafty veteran that doesn't get the respect that he deserves. I mean, listen, that might be another key to this defense being even better than it already is. So, yeah, I'm I'm pumped about it. I think he's going to be a great addition. Can I ask though, like just real quick? I, I'm going to look up his stats real quick. I, I only remember Bouye being like a big deal, like one year, wasn't he? What he like a Josh Norman type? He yeah, like a, one year. So like Josh Norman type thing. I believe he was yeah. drafted by the Texans, and then uh, yeah, the year the Jaguars went to the playoffs, he was a part of that team, and he was one of their bigger offseason signings. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Again, his numbers off the top of my head. I mean, he's a good signing, and that you don't expect him to do too much, other than be a really good complimentary piece. And yeah. I, I think it might have even been Phil Snow that I heard say this: nickel is a full time position in the NFL. You know, the defense is out of yeah, nickel. Did defense. Your fans being upset that we played a bunch of D defensive backs in this game. Like, first of all, how could you be upset as a fan and what we did defensively just because you looked at the snap count thing in this yeah. past game? We dominated these motherfuckers. So whatever we did, do it again, mug. Look, but well, yes, look, he, we've been playing, man, everybody plays five defensive banks. Right. 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 And then I found. And he, he, look, I'm looking at it right now. He has 14 interceptions. Um, uh, let's see, 14 receptions, one sack, um, 72 passes defended, and 333 tackles in eight years, which is 
pretty that good sounds numbers. Pretty damn good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Five yeah. interceptions a year, almost two interceptions game. a year. A lot of tackles. Three hundred thirty-three yeah. tackles in yeah, total tackles. That includes two hundred two hundred eighty-two solo and fifty-one. Uh, fifty-one. Not the worst I've ever. That's heard. still pretty That's damn good. Like, yeah. I'll and by that. the way, the Texans that. can't run the look football. up uh, Zach Sanchez's numbers and tell me what those were, or oh, give me another one of these bum ass. Bradbury. Nickel corners that we Bradbury, nah Bradbury straight, yeah. but uh we we got Sanchez. Remember like all these bum ass nickel corners we drafted and hey who drafted. was the sacrificial lamb in 2016 when Julio went off on us? Uh um, Ben Adrian Wickery. Yeah, Ben oh, You know what? CK, that might be the guy for the man to. Man, I, I don't know if he would be down, but uh, he's done an interview with me before. Mm. Like we've, uh, like uh, I've gotten Demir Bird, I've gotten Ben A. Like Ben A, man, like fuck that. I I think the team the team fucked him. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't even past that. Is that like we did some people wrong? If you want a checklist of people we did wrong, y'all can look to Steve Smith. Y'all can look at these people. I got some uh, lower. I got Cam some Newton. other people. Cameron Artist Payne. <laughs> Cameron oh, Artist Payne. Check one. Ben A. Ben. Well, we did these people wrong, man. We put them in terrible situations. Uh, Galden was terrible. I, I guarantee anyway, you, AJ. He won in that triple draft. Uh, it was, hey, it like was I said, James I Bradbury, Zach Sanchez, and one other. We no, Rashawn Galden was a little bit later. Uh, Rashawn Galden was the. The year that we drafted, uh, it, it was the first year. Yeah, that yeah. Late, Herney, Rashawn Golden was Herney. Back. He was a yeah, Herney. It was, it, was, it was Herney's first year back after being rehired. But that year that we rescinded the Josh Norman franchise tag, we went James Bradbury in the second. We went Zach Sanchez. And there was one other right in a row. Wasn't it Corn? Oh, Daryl Worley. You nailed it. And um, for uh, Daryl Worley, um, kind of went and did he had like one good game for the Raiders later, and then no one but you him. know that he one of the storylines following him was he fell asleep in the intersection in his car in Philly, uh, after we traded him to Philly for Tory Smith. Um, and Tory Smith is a bomb. You know what? I would take Daryl. I would take Daryl Worley back. Did Daryl Worley oh, ever have Tory an interception? Tory Smith did. This person had a touchdown. For us. He had a touchdown. But by the way, back to AJ Boye, like this Houston Texans team, they can't run the football. If you look at their stats, like, they, they, they have a bunch it. of they have a bunch of good year. running backs. Dude, even this year, if you ask people that know this team. Their offensive line is not good in run blocking. So if you add AJ, welcome Boone, to like, the to the family. We're going. To Neither is ours. All these players to uh, play downhill very fast, and I think that's a nightmare scenario. For, Dude, this is a blowout. Uh, this is like a welcome to back Thursday night football. How about that? Is Thursday night football has been entertaining recently? Yeah. Generally, Thursday night us, football though. is the worst football on in the world, and this week it is going to be. 
when the Panthers uh, put a 45 to nothing spank down on these bitches. Don't, be the most said, don't do Co- that to us, Tony. He said, don't put that juju on us. Cody, real quick, just so you know, man, the Texans have 242 rushing yards good. and three touchdowns, and they're 11th in the league, and Carolina is 21st with 200 rushing yeah, yards. Yeah, they're rushing the ball. They're, 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 they're a good rushing the ball this year. Yeah. Well, maybe they were talking about their offensive line being able to actually. It was last year block. that they didn't run the ball at all. They could not run. Dude, anything. if 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 we're able don't to worry, they don't have Alvin a quarterback. Kamara. They're not gonna be able to run now when we drop eight in a box on them every right. time. Right. Dude, if if we were able to shut down Alvin Kamara, dude, I don't. Oh, I, I agree. We have a great rush behind defense. Yeah. Them, man. Yeah. I don't care who's behind them. We gotta shut them down, take them out. That's it. Another right. call, Tony. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is Daryl May from Tobaccoville. I want to say, uh, really enjoy the Did show. Did he say Tobaccoville? Hell yeah, it's right next to where I'm at. I love the fact that the show is for the fans, by the fans. Where I got married. So keep Appreciate up the you, good man. work. Um, hold on, hold on. I got to rewind this because this guy's so already my favorite friend. Caller, but I've been yeah. listening the last few years. I love the fact that the show is for the fans, by the fans. So my keep man. up the good work. Um, got a couple thoughts to share with you. First of all, our defense. It's fun to watch, and uh, you don't want to miss a a defensive snap because, you know, they're constantly getting pressure, consistently getting the quarterback, tackling really well, covering really well. It's just a lot of fun to watch. They kind of remind me of the 2015 uh, offense where they're just playing for one another. They're, um, you know, interesting comparison. Celebrating one another, and they just have – such a loose and free uh, personality. On the other side of the ball, I like that. Sam Darnold, I think, was not seeing the best of him. I think he's going to get better and better as the year goes on. Yep. I think he's going to eliminate a lot of uh, the little mistakes that he has made. I think this offensive line is playing better than we thought. I think that left guard position does need some work. Uh, I don't know that Christensen is the answer right now. I think he needs some more time. Maybe Deontay Brown, not really sure there. Uh, but anyway, they're looking better. I like the this is a very knowledgeable color. Yeah, it is. Of, uh, Everybody's kind of getting targets. You look at how 2015 was with Cam. He spread the ball around. I think Donald's doing the same thing. And I think that, that's going to be good for us uh, as an offense. So I don't think we've seen the best of these guys yet. The last thing I want to say is I'm seeing a lot of people talk about Teddy Bridgewater and where we should just kept in. He's playing just as good as Sam Donald is. Uh, if you watch the highlights, I don't watch the games, but if you watch the Broncos highlights, looks like he's getting a lot of yards after the catch. Um, looks like the deep ball is still falling short. A lot of them balls could have been caught, maybe taken, taken to the house if uh, he had thrown them where he was supposed to. So, and he's went up against the Giants and the Jaguars. So, we'll see. See you guys. Man, what a good call. Hell yeah, dude. Hey. And he's from Tobaccoville. That's right next to me Tobacco here in Winston-Salem. That's where I got married at was in Tobaccoville, man. That's what's up. So that's why it's, it's great. How call. about that is uh, my man's first call. Slate it. Slate that guy. High five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't give it out much. I had to go into a folder deep in my computer to find that applause. You're approved <laughs> with these applause. Yeah. Yeah, and lazy with them. So that that made me uh, get it. Where do you want to start on the goodness of the? For me, favorite part of the call right away was the comparison between the defense, our current defense, mm-hmm. 
with the 2015 offense. And I, I'm sure you can find a, a million reasons why it's like a, a flawed analogy. And you can find one reason, my reason why it's a fantastic analogy is did you see them after one of the plays? I don't even know what defensive play it was. Maybe Brian Burns did something. And every defensive player goes up there and does the Spider-Man joint with him. I know. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like, picture, now right? they're all into watching Marvel movies. My man comes out with a platinum diamond. Did, have you guys seen this chain, this mug? Mm-hmm. Brian Burns wears a diamond. It's Spider-Man icy, bro. It's icy. It is fucking dope, bro. It's they were icy, all in bro. there. They were all doing the celebration together. There was a comment right away. This mug had me hooked because that analogy holds true there for me. There's a fun that is happening. There is a energy. There is an excitement. There's a camaraderie. Love it. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent, man. Uh, like you said, the Spider-Man pose, the, everybody joining together doing that reminds me of the picture. You remember in 2015 scoring a touchdown and who uh, Mike Tolbert in the front, and, and, and the whole offense gets together and they, they pose for a picture on the sideline. Man, yep. th- this, this, they're buying in. That's what it is. That's why this thing with Phil Snow is so good because it seems like the team is buying in. And that's what you need above all, I think, to have any chance of being a competitive team. Love it. Yeah, man. Let's hit another right. one of these calls. Let's do it. Good, good first call to the show, bro. You better yeah, come we love, back. we love first time callers, man. Your boy Jay Anthony, y'all up. My boy. Um, when it's in the congrats to the Panthers, we're getting, you know, two in a row. You know, I mean, I was surprised that, you know, I was surprised that they beat the Saints. But um, Saints did have a couple of players out. But at the same time, you know, even when you got a couple of players out, you still got to um, win the game. You still got to win those games. Yeah. So, you know, Saints fans can say that. No, the eight fans can say that um that uh we had our players, but there's been a lot of times when the eight you know, Panthers had injured players, you know, and the and the eight fans was happy they got a win, so Panthers fans should be happy they got you know, they got that win no matter what. You suppose if the team hurt, yeah. you're supposed to beat them. If the team yeah. sorry, you're supposed to beat them. So, you know, congrats on that. I like the defense, the defense looking good. And stuff like you know, stuff like that. Defense is looking good. Uh the front seven they look good. Um I want to see the secondary get challenged a little bit and you I know see that. I agree with this. They, they haven't had much. Have not been able to challenge them like that, you know. So maybe we later don't on want season, to see them get challenged. You know, Fuck we them. See, um I think a lot of people are not the our you know, secondary really hyping you know, understandably so. Me, I'm like, I wait to mid-season to see how the guys do. That's why I always were. I always been like that. You know, I always like to wait the week ten. You know, week ten to week um week seventeen. Well, now it's eighteen weeks. But you know, from week Six. ten on down, I, that's when you really see what type of team you know yeah. is playing because everybody is going to be end up playing their best. You know, doing their time. You know, the all the fake teams will be, you know, 
out of out of the mix and the real teams will begin to play. So yep, doing this season we see how they do. All right, y'all. Easy. Appreciate that call, Jay. Hey man, um listen, you have no control over who's in front of you. You have to play the team that's on your schedule. And uh by the way, uh shout out to uh new daddy yo. This is Vegas thought the Saints were better even with injuries and COVID. So no excuses. If they like them better then, That's then the, be- then the right better there. team got their asses kicked. And that's what it is, man. And listen, uh, even if we beat the Cowboys, even in, even in the NFL's power rankings, they're only like one or two spots ahead right. of us. So even if we beat the Cowboys, we're looking like we're going to be in a scenario where the Panthers – I might not get a bunch of credit until later on in the season. So we have to be okay with that. Our team has to let that be a chip on their shoulder and, and, and fuel them, man, because you don't control who you play, but you have to go out there and make sure that you're prepared and that you put out the best Panther performance possible. And as long as they do that, let the NFL and the pundits and the media people say whatever the fuck they want, dude. We know better. This is a legitimate football team, and we're going to continue to prove that starting this Thursday night. 252-228-5098. That's the Cat Calls line. Let's keep plowing through. Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston. Or should I say uh, keep I just want to point out something that I've noticed. Uh, you know, our first game the Jets, they had tons of injuries. The same, obviously, everything that's going on with COVID and the injuries. This week, Tyron Taylor probably not going to play. And then Dallas, you know, with uh, Lawrence out, it's, this is like one of the few times I can remember in Panther history where injuries worked in our favor. Like, it's always against us. This is, Knock on wood, like, motherfucker. I mean, it feels good to be a Panther fan right now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't said that in Next a long, long time. <laughs> yes, man, this is uh, Gibbs. A.K.A. Notorious G.I.B. What up, Gibbs? Um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, you guys you, uh, have me cracking up like drunk uncles uh, at a barbecue. <laughs> but uh, anyways, anyways um, just excited about the season, man. Uh, how about J.C. Horn? I mean, they're scared of that yeah. guy. Even throwing to his direction. They're, you know, I was thinking, like, He's maybe like he's like a state trooper, you know. <laughs> he's got that that seatbelt going, keeps people in check. You know, he locks them down. He's a lockdown corner. He's either locking you down, or he's either picking you off. So I'm starting a campaign for him. He got to go to trooper. Halloween. He's gonna have a, like uh, that. <laughs> let's see. The campaign is gonna be, hmm, pick it or ticket. Hey, I like it. That's not even a thing. How about I like it? Ticket or ticket? Ticket or ticket? This has to be his Halloween costume. He's going to pick you off. State Trooper JC Horn, click it or pick it. Guys, keep doing what you're doing. Love you guys. Uh, Signing out. We got two of these. Man. We get two of these first time callers coming in slaying. Getting the applause on the first try. I love it, man. Pick it or ticket. Bro, that's that's the 
That's the sheriff, man. That's the highway sheriff, man. He's the state trooper. We got to get J.C. Horn on this. Panther, uh, the C3 chat. Come on. You know what? If if J.C. Horn don't do it, we got to go all as state troopers this year. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. dress up as a state trooper this year for Halloween just because of that. Pick it. Or ticket. I oh, love it, bro. Oh, I love, love it. it man. I don't remember which call we were on. I do remember which call we were on, but I switched to that stupid applause. Lost my order. Not the stupid applause. What's good, fam? This Wait, is that was the one. Right. Yeah, that was hey, boys. Hoping you're having a good Tuesday night. Uh, looks like call, the Panthers the way, are actually Gibbs. good, and the national media is starting to give them a little bit of attention, not a ton. Uh, but it looks like most of it looks like, oh, the Saints had a bad game and the Panthers, you know, got lucky. But I think the national media is starting to catch on that this defense is really good. I called in a couple of weeks ago and asked for some sacks predictions. And y'all didn't seem to think that we would get more than 40 collectively this season. Uh, now that we have 10 in the first two games, do you want to change those thoughts a little bit? Yeah, it really 87, baby. Very much. On a collective Dude, I... effort throughout the entire defense, it's not just one person. And then there's other players like Chin and Burris and YGM that I've seen on the backfield multiple times who are probably yeah. due for sacks as well. Uh, other than that, y'all have a good night and keep up the good work, boys. Definitely changed my number. Definitely changed my number. Uh, 100% wrong on that prediction. I mean, I don't know what my I don't know what my number was, but dude, mm-hmm. I've been saying since before. Like, listen, the good thing about doing a podcast is that What's if you ever don't believe me, hey, if you ever don't believe me when I say that I've been on something, you can go literally, yeah, you can literally go back on this channel and see what I was saying when hell, even Greg was pulling up some of my old shit at one point in time. And we were going back and forth on it. But listen, I'm on record. <laughs> I thought uh, before this year that the Panthers would have one of the top defenses in the NFL, that this defense had a chance to be special. So I don't know if I predicted the sat number, but what they're doing right now, man, it's not really surprising to me. I'm just excited. We're on pace for 85. Gonna... They are who we thought they were. Yeah, and I look... fucking love it. I was I completely fucking love it. Yeah, I was completely wrong. Pace for 85. What's your new guess? 62. <laughs> Mine is 287, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, nah. I think we're on Mine's get, over I think we're getting eight, I think we're getting 86 sacks this year. 86. Wow. We're on I don't we're think we're on gonna, a slow mm, pace. I mean. Maybe. Well, here's my thing. I, I was completely wrong about the defense this year, especially the defensive line based on what the performance last year. Oh, see, but, yeah. but you know what? I'll eat that crow no problem and sit here and watch these damn sacks. I have no problem with that. So Eighty nine sacks on the wall. Eighty nine <laughs> sacks on the wall. Take one down. Pass it around. Ninety sacks on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Tony, when you were asking that Johnson guy that we brought in, is that him, Leonard Johnson? Two thousand. Yes, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, and he helped. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, good. yeah. He did. Yeah, man. Leonard uh, Johnson. Thank you, Robert. A finally. I said his name was Leonard, but he, and I was literal. 
It was not his last name. Was, I referred to him by his first name when he came in. I was like, oh, Nickel Corner Leonard. Don't even deserve to know your last name. All right. Uh, 90 sacks on the wall. <laughs> Gosh, that's awesome. Hey, hey, hey. You, you know already know. Boyka, boyka, boyka! He's sure. back, baby. <laughs> I would like to talk a lot about what the fuck is going on at Panther Nation. We need to calm the fuck down. You started with boyka. What are you really celebrating for? We've seen this before, boys. We have seen this before. I'm just buying in. Stop By it. this defense. Stop it. <clears throat> Gee, baby, this defense is the rookie QB that just threw four interceptions against that fucking Patriots defense, which we got to play them in week nine. And now we play a fucking Saints team that literally are losing half their team. I don't give a fuck. They were missing a lot of key players. And they had nine coaches out with COVID. They've had four coaches on the sidelines to coach that entire team. He was booyakoing us in a When Jameis Winston. Stop it. Buzzkill. Stop it. Why are you booyakoing us in excitement time? And you go all the way until the the Patriots game. Let the Panther Nation know what's after that game. The Cardinals at the Cardinals. The Washington fucking football team. At Miami, then we got the fucking Falcons. We know what that is. It's a toss-up. It's a divisional rival. Then we go at Buffalo. Then we play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then we play the fucking Saints. A fully rejuvenated Saints team in the later of the year. At the end of the year. And then we have the Tampa Bay again. We don't know for sure if we're going to beat the motherfucking Cowboys. We don't know for sure if we're going to beat the Eagles, the Vikings. I'm cutting them off. But also, G-Baby, what did you expect us to do? To come where on did, this where podcast. did the real G Baby go? Where did the real G Baby go? Yeah, but the real G Baby, please stand up because we're trying to hear that national media well, bullshit. If fans he needs Cam Newton that, back, if, if, if G Baby, wanted, if Cam Newton was back, he would be. If get fans wanted to hear that Cam kind of too. bullshit, you can fucking turn on ESPN or NFL Network or Fox Sports and hear them say the same dumb shit. Right. About the Carolina Panthers. Oh, wait a minute. You probably wouldn't because they wouldn't even be talking about us. This no, he's right about the back end of the schedule being tough. We tried to talk a little bit about that. But now, I mean, if I don't think two, maybe two is not hurt at that point and the Dolphins are way better. But come on. Well, I mean, at some point in time, man, you've you've got to believe and you've got to dive into this this team. I Who's mean, whether whether, whether you can whether you can say you know, who we played before is nobody. <laughs> Look at how we've played, man. <laughs> you've got to believe in the team at some point in time, and I get it. I've seen this movie before too, but I mean, based on what I've seen so far, I've got to go into it optimistically. You know, I haven't seen anything that's going to make me believe that we're a terrible team right now. If anything, I've only seen improvement. So why not be excited about that? I mean, we're the team is definitely improving. Yeah, we're 2-0. and I mean, what, what else? Would you feel the exact same way if we were 0-2? And, like, and also, he's pretending like we didn't, like, like, one, we didn't start the past two seasons 2-0. and 
We didn't have the quarterback situation that we do now, but the kinds of weapons we didn't that we have do now. ten sacks in two yeah. games. Oh wait, right. guess how many sacks we had last year? We Zero. didn't put up an all-time performance against a Sean Payton-led offense that was one of the worst of his career with the New Orleans Saints. Like we fucking did that, boys. We did that. The Panthers did that. Gee, baby, have a fucking Coke and a smile. Shut the fuck up and be happy. Tony Dunn, next call, brother. Can you put that Matt comment back up? Because when you interpreted it for me, it's like, I mean, I just once again say that our, our chat room is the smartest, awesomest chat room in the world. Thank one. you for your support. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, it's Joey. Uh, why the hell am I worried about the Texans? Like, honestly. But, I mean, I think it's a trap game because, A, the Panthers are on Thursday night football. You know how we perform there. Cricket. Uh, B, this is a trap game because all off season, the Texans ain't going to be shit. The Texans ain't going to be shit. The Texans ain't going to be shit. Maybe they won't be, but you know what? They put up 37 points on the Jaguars. Now, I mean, the Jaguars are no better than the Houston Texans, potentially, but it's still 37 points. And for a team that's known to underestimate shitty opponents and play down to opponents, uh, I'll wait and see. Especially on Thursday night. I hope we get it done because, well, I mean, all, all the curmudgeons are going to be back if we don't, but. Yeah. I mean, we can. It'll probably be like a Jets game. Like, why in the hell do we let them back <laughs> in, but we still end up winning? <laughs> I honestly don't know. And this is a trap game, guys. Has trap game written all over it. No way. And I think my girlfriend is in the chat room. So, uh, yes, you could be as dirty as you want. Anyway, guys. <laughs> it might work <laughs> later. <laughs> did Did Joey just give us free reign to talk dirty to his girlfriend in the chat? That's what it sounded like. Is Joey a cuck? Oh, maybe he's into that kind of thing. Hey, we don't, we don't, we don't shame over here. (laughs) Next call, baby. And not to mention, not to mention, we played the fucking Houston Texans team, which were rated the worst NFL team before the fucking season starts. And now they're out for the game, and now we're playing a third round rookie QB. So we're basing all the success. Off of a rookie, two rookie QBs and Jameis fucking Winston that played with the injured ass team with half of the, not even half of their coaches. They have four coaches to coach the entire fucking game. That's what we're basing this fucking success off. Right. Are you not happy about the wins? Motherfucker, please, bro. (laughs) You damn near compared this defense to 2013. Bro, I don't even compare this defense to 2015 defense, man. Let's slow our fucking roll, fellas. We've seen this before. Let's not get our fucking hearts broken. We have seen this before, and we need to calm the fuck 
it's down the and being humble, man. I like Save this call for a week six. I love beating the motherfucking state. At the end of the day, we need to stay humble. We need to be fucking humble, man. We've humble? seen this before. Let's calm down. Let's let this shit fucking ride, man. Let's Slip. let this shit ride. Because I'm telling you right now, those last eight games, not to mention, we still got Dallas, the Giants, Dallas is all the started Miami, the Patriots. Like, let's slow the fucking train, please, fellas. Boyaka, boyaka, boyaka. <laughs> How are you hey. gonna start a car? My man got me so hyped when he came thinking, out. With thinking the G Baby was back. Car. Yeah, he's telling everybody to calm down. All right, all right. Here's Since G Baby already has a distaste for Codizzle, I'll say this much: How the fuck are you a fan if you're not going to be heartbroken if this team fails, regardless? Like, let's let's be honest about some stuff. We have seen this story before, and we have seen the downside of it, but we've also seen the upside of it, so we've got to be excited. If you can't be excited for this fucking team right now, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Mm -hmm. I know that right now you don't see Sam Darnold as the guy going forward. I get that, right? And, and, and yes, there are some real criticisms that you can take from what he did last year, and yeah, we're two games into this, and we're going against defense, one defense that's supposed to be really good, Yes, they're missing a couple of key pieces, but you know they, they're still the same defense outside of those two pieces that they were last year and the year before that, right? So I think it's fair to say this squad is better than we've seen in a while, at least since 2017, and that's four or five years of of, of lackluster performance. We see this. This is the first time we started out two and zero since that season, and and we've, like I said, statistically speaking, we have seen this play out where we started two and zero, but we've. It's very rare that the games don't the, the seasons don't go our way when it happens. Right? We, Six we, out of seven. We've been two and oh seven seasons, and six of them we made the fucking playoffs, dude. Like if if history is any indicator, Panthers I swear are on the we right started track, two and oh and what did we start? Somebody look up the twenty twelve season when we had a Antoine Quezon and uh Deku. We started off strong there and we sucked. Yeah. Hey, look, I decided after this call, especially that I'm doing a week a six week review. So after week six, I'm gonna do a compilation of all the videos like of us, our predictions, what fans have said, this and that. And then at week six, who's right and what where we're at based on what people are saying then. And we're going to play it on this. Uh, it's going to be really fun. <laughs> um, oh, no, we started out. We started out with the L no. in 2012. Um, yeah, I feel like G-Baby would be awesome to go tailgate with. But not go to the game with, and the reason I say that is that like the tailgate's gonna be lit as fuck, but we getting kicked out of the game. <laughs> yeah, <we're laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, is this that tailgate gonna be fun as fuck? He's gonna fight G somebody. I know, G baby, gonna be we're gonna be, and you know when you roll with somebody, you gotta roll with them. You gotta roll. With them. <laughs> Uh, next, next call. And I, I really, this is G baby. So I got a lot on my mind right now because there's a lot of motherfuckers on this podcast that I have to fucking get at. I really do. We never praise Dante Action Jackson, my motherfucking MVP, my motherfucker that set the tone for the mother whole fucking defense was Dante motherfucking Jackson, the motherfucker that was coming up 
on uh, around the motherfucking corner and stopping fucking Alvin Kamara writing his motherfucking tracks by his goddamn self. He did, did it multiple times. We never praise Dante Jackson the way we motherfuckers should. Just a year ago, all you motherfuckers, every single one of you, I, Greg, I can't speak for you. I say, don't speak for me because I've defended him since day one. <laughs> wanted Dante gone. And now they want to throw rose petals at his fucking feet. Like, well, come on, y'all. Say that we want to throw roses right, right, right. at his feet. And another and thing, we don't giving Robbie Anderson him. that fat contract was the biggest mistake. And I've been trying to tell you guys this. He's a one trick pony. If it's not a drag route, it's a fly route. That is it. Who is he talking about? Look at where, where oh, the targets yeah. are going. To the person that's always open, my man, DJ motherfucking Moore, the one that's been fucking with the Carolina Panthers. He's the one that should have got the fucking contract first. Hold on. Who did he say? That was a mistake. That's a, that is it. Look at where, where the targets are going. To the person that's always open, my man, DJ motherfucking Moore, oh, the one that's been fucking with the Carolina Panthers. He's the one that should have got the fucking contract first. That was a mistake. That was a spin in his fucking face. We give it to Robbie Anderson after one fucking year? Come on, man. Robin. Last year, were we not saying how open DJ Moore was and the ball should have went to him, but it didn't because Teddy Bridgewater is a one-read QB and he went to fucking Robbie Anderson every fucking play? Like, come Where on. Go to... Like, come on, boys. Didn't DJ and have sorry, a my bad, Cody, but this is not anywhere near the 2015 or 2013. Go on to why? Because we don't have a prime Luke Keekley and Thomas James in the motherfucking squad, boy. Like, come on, yeah. G. G, baby, you're living in the past, I bro. I KK Short, Charles Johnson, and Red Hurry all in the front with Roman Hawker and Mike Mitchell on the motherfucking back end, baby. Come on, now. Don't ever compare this team to those teams, G. They got a lot to motherfucking prove, G. Right, I mean, um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this uh, out here: the most sacks since 1998 in a Panthers' first two games of the season. I, I mean, against the Saints' offensive fucking line, G baby. I know you get emotional, and I know you got some feelings, but bro, get on board or get off the fucking boat. See, this is what I the want. The linebacker core, though, I mean, is again. This is what G baby does. It's like his. It's his mantra of way he does things. Oh, like 100%. He goes, like super extreme in the beginning, and then he gets a little more. It's like a roller coaster in the end. He hits you with this. He hits you with, we ain't got Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. But listen, and I that's want, absolute fact, bro. Like, that's absolute everyone. fact. But that is not. I don't know how to, you know, other than that, is you're right, is that if there is a, a weakness, I think, in a superstar level on this team, it's at linebacker, right? Like, super, we have superstars across the front four. Like, that's what I'm starting to think. Like, household names, front four. J.C. Horn, he's over here sucking Dante Jackson's dick harder than anybody, right? Like super, but but this household is, man, like, names this in is, the linebacker position. This is my thing about uh, about G Baby and and C Dog in the chat. Like, hey, you can say whatever the hell you want to, man. Talk that shit if you want. But also remember to come back here when you're inevitably wrong, and we've been spitting truth at you this entire fucking time. 
keep that same energy, bro. Keep that same energy when it's week 12 and the Panthers are still knocking dicks in the dirt. And then keep that same energy and call us back up and apologize and say, hey, man, y'all were right. We should have listened to y'all. This team is on some real shit. They're an incredible football team. Keep that same energy, man. And Jay's right. They won't. They won't because all they want to do is talk shit and start a bunch of shit. And then and then they, they disappear I'm- when they don't benefit them no more, man. All right, so if there's a kind of a concern uh, on this team at times, it could be depth. But the place I'm not concerned about depth is on that defensive front. Like, I feel like we could just rotate motherfuckers in on that bitch and they just eating Morgan. F- like, who you want? We have a, you want some Marquise Haynes? You want some? What do you want? Like what do you want? We gonna throw this? Yeah, I mean, like he yeah, he got, he's hurt right now. He's not gonna. He probably. I don't know if he's gonna play Thursday, but I did hear the Matt Rule press conference where he said, you know, like he's concerned with like these players won't play or they will play. He said F line will not play. They put him on IR. He also said he was concerned about YGM, but like and. We can't withstand. We can't withstand some of those injuries at, at some other positions, and I don't want injuries on the defensive front. Right. But these motherfuckers, <clears throat> we just rotating and eating, Bro, rotating. And, and, and you know and what? You're never gonna have great depth everywhere. But hey, uh, so. But far, if you want it somewhere, with- homie. Hey. The- go ahead, Greg. Well, I was just going to say, can I say to, to G-Baby with this call, you're talking about comparing to the 2015 team. Not only have we held teams to less points in the first two games in 2015, we've scored more points. And we played Jacksonville and Houston in games one and two of 2015. Jacksonville ended up being five and 11, and Houston ended up being nine and seven. So I'm just saying, you play who's in front of you. Did we play great teams in weeks one and two of 2015? We no, didn't, and we're, and, we're play- and we're still playing better. I'm, I'm just saying, I get what he's saying, but I mean, I, at some point in time, you got to dive in. I'm so tired of being a pessimistic Panthers fan. This is my year. I'm diving into them being a good team. I think they are going to be a good year. Team. This is yeah. our moment. We're just in week three, week two. Right. Cody, right. look, I saw Brian Burns in these cats. They and and Reddick. They're like the like they're reviewing plays, and these guys are in. They're already in the four point stance. They're already like these mugs are so hungry. Like they're just like blow the whistle, motherfucker. I'm ready to go. Like these guys yeah. are sitting there, crouched up, athletic as fuck. They're pinning their it's ears back, scary, man. dude. It's they- scary, like to see how. Tony, they listen to the podcast. They listen to this fucking podcast. (laughs) Because I've been telling everyone that everyone on this team has something to prove. Nobody can rest on their performances from prior years. Everybody has to go out there with something to prove. And I'll be damned if our defense hadn't done just that, man. Everybody's getting a piece of the pie. Morgan Fox is coming through. Your turf gross models. Daquan Jones. Davian Nixon, all these players that I just mentioned already have a sack for the football team right now, man. 
So it's like, you know, and, and again, look, Dude, we, they're we hungry as on. fuck, bro. We could, and we they're can, young. Oh my they're dumb. God. Dude, and, and they, they see themselves getting better. That's one of the things that Matt Rule said that I did key in on is that he wants the players to see the results and know that all the time and the effort and the energy that they're putting in to getting better, that it's actually paying off. And it's paying off on Sundays with performances like we had against New Orleans, man. So, yeah, we're, we're continuing to build. We're not perfect yet. And guess what? We're not going to be perfect after the we're Texas game. We're not even as good as we're going to be yet. No, and we're still working towards it, man. But everybody wants instant grits. Well, man, it ain't fucking Well, we grits. got them. We already got them. This yeah, is instant hey. grits. Wow, we got fucking We're about popcorn. To get some we got, slow cook we got grits. microwave popcorn. Sorry. Pop, Which pop. I will. Uh, Greg, is there a better... The, the microwave was was sold to people in the 50s and 60s. Uh, I don't know when it was, but they were like, you can cook a turkey in this bench. You can do this. <laughs> like, I mean, there's one thing that the microwave does better than anything. Mm-hmm. And that's popcorn. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Unless I you got Jiffy Pop. Jiffy Pop was pretty good on the stovetop. <laughs> Not even close. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like that's just because of the experience. Of the Back in the day, I would say, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm telling you, microwave popcorn is superior. Yeah. Uh, superior. The only thing that beats microwave popcorn is actual movie theater popcorn. Oh, that's I don't so even tall. know about that. that. I actually disagree, man. It's too well. You you can you can buy good microwave popcorn, but it's Bro. the expensive kind, but it's still not expensive. Perfect. Hey man, when I go to a movie, <coughs> I put the backpack on the back of my chair. Nobody says shit to my cripple ass. I bring whatever the fuck I want in that movie theater, bro. I don't buy Taco Bell, hummus. Cody, whenever I come down to a game, we're going to a movie. Bro, I'm bringing fucking all kinds of shit, dude. Sodas, snacks, shit. Sodas? Bro, I'm bringing 12 packs. Oh, I'm bringing some, right. some beers, man. Have you, have you guys seen the uh, video of uh, people who, like, if you take a ladder anywhere, they'll just let you in for free because they think you're supposed to be there? <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> no, That's I haven't pretty good. seen that. But it makes sense. It makes yeah, there was, like, they, they, they got into, a, like, a movie theater. They got into museums. They got into fucking everywhere they wanted to go. Nobody stopped them. Nobody <laughs> said, they were opening the doors for them. Like nobody said shit, and they were just able to do it. That's awesome. That's so brilliant. That's yeah. smart. All right, it's, it's cats out of the bag now, though. Hey guys, truck from Louisville yeah. City calling in again. Hey, Kerry, Carol, sports guy. I called in earlier today, and what oh, I called in about is exactly what you guys are talking about now. Phil Snow. Many times I said on your show, Sean Payton was the creation between Kenny Chesney and Nancy Pelosi. Well, now I know Phil Snow is the adaptation. He is the genesis. He is the creation of Al Pacino meets Robert De Niro. Take a look at him. Holy shit. I like that. I like that. I like these fusions that that Chuck is coming up with, man. His creation. How about this? Is that if you think about Nancy Pelosi and who was the other one? Uh, uh, somebody, Kenny bad. Chesney, 
You say Kenny Chesney? Kenny yeah, Chesney. yeah. No, no. I mean, I do know. It's like yeah. country music. Bro, Nancy Pelosi is honestly fucking hilarious. It's like a vampire. Me. That comparison, <laughs> dude. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Chuck's good. But my good. man said, and like, that's the great. They're the greats. They're like the dope old men. Al Pacino <laughs> yeah. and Robert De Niro. Come on. Ross said, "Finally, call me up. Call, call me up when you want to go into drama, Greg." And we hit um, some the heat where Robert De Niro and Al Pacino were in the same movie, and my one of my top five movies, "Sin of a Woman." Hmm. Man, Al Pacino with the blind—he's playing—he's playing Joe—he's playing, jo- playing Joe uh, Joey the Blind Panther. <laughs> yeah. right. Y'all hey, go man. watch hey, Cinema hey. Woman One we, of the top we movies some... of all time I will yeah. take a flamethrower To this motherfucker Hey we might get into some drama sometime man But if you want to get into something like that I know somebody who uh, lets you pick a movie and do a review on it Yeah, I like uh, Cinema Woman Nah but I'm uh, I want to I gotta go see this Venom joint When's the Venom thing, thing Venom is next weekend Is it Next, next weekend, yeah, I just haven't yeah. seen the first Early one. Early release, yeah. You haven't seen the first one? It's my no, favorite superhero one. movie of all. Th- well, we were gonna do a review like, on Venom. Exclude all the Batman's. Exclude all the Batman's. Yeah. I, I really like Tom Holland, and, and I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I love Woody Harrelson. So the fact the that first one is awesome, bro. In this new movie, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped. Uh, well, we we were gonna do a review for Venom this week, this coming Friday, but there's just so much stuff coming out with Doom Patrol dropping Thursday and all the shows out right now. I mean, we just we're gonna do a review of number two instead because you know we've already talked about number one. So, yeah, yeah. but it's gonna be exciting. I can't wait, man. All right, Tom, uh, I liked it a lot. Let's say, how about this? It's Cody. Go watch that shit. Which one? The, uh, Venom? The, the first Venom, Venom? The regular. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic, yeah. bro. It's yeah, fantastic. It's like, uh, I like I would recommend it. Like I would recommend Dark Knight. Yeah, I mean, well, Venom, Venom, is, Dark Knight, yeah, like, yeah. Venom is like one of the most legendary characters or villains that Spider-Man ever faced. He's one of the fucking coolest. So. They made yeah. Venom compelling. Just he's an anti-hero. Like, they made him an anti-hero. Yeah, just kind of, like he kind of is in the comics. Well, yeah, he always rooting for the yes, and that's kind the point. Of, yeah. You're kind of rooting for them a little bit. Yeah, they're doing some he's, cool shit, man. They're right, definitely doing call. some cool shit. Hey guys, it's Joey again. Uh, well, I Joey. just want to tell you a story that actually happened at the game. So I was uh, kind of pissed at Matt Rule because all he kept doing is running McCaffrey and running McCaffrey and running McCaffrey. And, you know, I knew we weren't going against the Jets and their coaches. And as much as we don't like them, the Saints coaches, you know, they're good. Even though they look like a mashup between Nancy Pelosi and someone. I can't remember who he said they look like. But anyway... Uh, yeah, I was sitting, I was sitting there and was yelling at, cause you know how fans yell and like coaches can hear us. So I was sitting and mind you, my mother was there. So I'm sitting there and they said, come on, Matt, rule, have some nuts, will you? And yeah, everyone laughed except my mom. She was like, oh, Joey. And I was like, what? He needs to grow a pair. He's running the <laughs> all the time. Anyway, guys, 
Wow, wow, wow. Rat Mule needs a pair of nuts. <laughs> Rat Mule. It's amazing how many people still don't understand why that's the case. Like, yeah, dude. People were like going after me and Suke in the comments of the Madden Center. Man, why they disrespecting Matt Rule like that? That's so yeah, uncomfortable. Because you're a hater, bro. Like, no, dude. That Matt, Madden has him looking like a fucking troll person. It's terrible. Yeah, it's it looks bad. nothing like him. So I heard actually CK Like when, when CK dropped that the first time we fell in love. Yeah, CK was so the get first out one of here that, with that like nonsense said that name and brought people it to don't my like that. <laughs> and it just stuck, man. Whenever, hey, but listen, it, it, it's no shade. Whenever you hear me and CK do Madden simulations in the future, it don't matter what our record is, we're calling that man Rat Mule until they <laughs> fix his image. And there's nothing what anyone can do shootout. about it, dude. What a shootout in this past one. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, oh, um, yeah. It, it, it finally ended up being a, uh, a nice little uh, ending there. But, uh, yeah, it was – I, I can't – I've even tried on the first one when we faced uh, the Jets. I tried to increase because I'm like, they're, they're giving our defense no credit. And, like, so yeah. I tried to increase the stats of our defense. And they still weren't letting our defensive line get home. Like, nobody's able to get pass rush for whatever reason in that game on those simulations. Um, and so uh, it sucks, but it's actually not too bad. Um, you know, I guess at the end of the day, uh, we're coming away with the wins. Madden is uh, 2-0 and in the predictions so far. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, no spoilers. Go check it out. Uh, over on the YouTube uh, where we do the simulations. It's we dropped it last night. Way more exciting than I thought. Um, first, they got Tyrod Taylor. They must have mixed Tyrod Taylor up with Deshaun Watson a couple of times. <laughs> right? This mug was just running everywhere. Good Lord. No, nah, they are amazing. You guys got to check out these YouTube simulations before commentated by CK. And... Uh, and Cody, when I would not color, color yeah. analyst Cody Lashney, but it is, um, they are, they're so, so entertaining, dude. Like, I can't, no wonder the kids, I, I make fun of my kids for like watching other people play Roblox. Like, I get pissed <laughs> at now. I'm like, why are you watching somebody else do something? And I'm like, man, when I watch this, I'm watching it. Like, I got my popcorn. Yeah. I'm, at, I'm with Cody. I smuggle beer into the movie theater yeah. and his wheelchair. I am eating yeah. this popcorn. They've been great. That's what you got to do, man. Hey, no, real quick, shout out Grim Reaper for the $5, man. We appreciate that. For sure. Thank you as always, brother. Go ahead, Greg. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, Tony is you talk about you, you used to pick on your kids for doing that. And I did too, man, for the longest time, they just watch videos about people playing games. And I'm sitting here like, how can you just sit down and watch somebody play a game and have fun doing that? And like, after I said that I came and sat down and to watch a football game, to watch people play a game. And I was like, well, okay. I guess when I really yeah, think about it, when I really think about you. it, I'm, yeah, I'm watching somebody else play a game. You know so what it's it, kind of the same it, thing. It brings memories back to me, though, about when where there was like we used to play. I mean, obviously, we used to play. We all play video games, but there's only two controllers, right? Before the Nintendo sixty four, there were only two controllers, yeah. and there'd be like six dudes. Like we we're all like in seventh grade, Wait, sixth grade, or something like that, <laughs> and we're all we having to sit here. I always laugh at this is that people watch people playing video games on the internet 
Yeah. And we used to sit on the couch in misery waiting for the controller. <laughs> like, please, come on, give me the controller, man. I'm so sick of watching you play this game. I want to play. <laughs> oh, now did, we did I subscribe to these mugs. And these Madden simulations, though, I find myself just enthralled in them. Oh, they're yeah, great. I, can, I can tell they're with really your comments. You, you do like, I, even though it's not the... Uh, I'm like the... commenting in game. Uh, I'm like, man, this defense is fucking. <laughs> yeah, dude. People are people are into it. Every time we post one, it gets a ton of comments, ton of views. Hey, They're people, amazing. people, people, awesome. re- people really love it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we're doing it, man. We're, we're putting out a bunch of really yeah. cool content here on the C3 Panthers podcast, man. Uh, the big we're time games fun doing it too. Yeah, the big time games. I'm trying like like so. The Saints game, I actually gave it full 15 minute quarters, and so it ended up being a longer get you know longer uh, video, like 42 or 43 minutes. What do you um, like better? Do you like the shortened or do you like the longer ones? I mean, the the good news, like the Saints game, for instance, you kind of get like into it, and it it was a close game, luckily, so it didn't get too long. Um, but I feel like you have more opportunity for those I ca- you know, for those better highlight plays and things like that when you have the longer games. Um, but when we're playing somebody like the Texans, I did 10 minutes, right? Um, and so I'm thinking like when it's a rivalry game, maybe I do the 15 minutes and then like it's like because that's gonna probably hold people's attention more, or maybe if it's like a, a Patriots or a big time game or whatever it may be. Um, maybe I'll do a, a bigger, or, you know, the longer one. But I think for the most part, most of these are going to be just the 10 minute uh, format where it'll be like a 30 minute video. What do you think about D'Angelo Williams? Hey, if he's willing to come on, I'd be happy to have him. I, I guess feel like he could be the who is the guy that was the Patriots, uh, Rodney Harrison, who always talked shit about Cam no matter what, like every <laughs> yeah. Sunday night yeah. or whatever. Like, can we get. You put out a tweet today and that said, let's get a guest commentator on this. Yeah. Um, suggest somebody. And I did something stupid. I suggested Jimmy, Jimmy Clausen. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know that's so ridiculous. I was going to uh, suggest Dick Anderson, but I'm blocked by him, so I can't do that. Still. But D'Angelo Williams, maybe we could get a contrarian voice in there. Would yeah. he just shit on us? D'Angelo Williams? Yeah. He, uh, would hate, we, he hates like us now. He hates the Panther fans. I don't I think, think he, that's who we I think he would do it. I think that's the guy we can get. I agree. Like I mean, what D'Angelo like I feel Williams like he would probably this. be in those obscure situations like that. I agree. Like I just I think we're missing an opportunity with this podcast. Like the more I watch, like the you know jets, you know the what's this, uh, the the fly like a jet or whatever it may be. I can't remember what that podcast name is from the guy that keeps always comes play on. Play like here. a jet. Play like a jet. Yeah. Um, like they have actual NFL players constantly or former Jets that are a part of their show on a regular basis. The Green Bay guys, they have a, a Green Bay player, former Green Bay player that's constantly a staple on that on 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 their on their show. And so if we can find somebody who is willing to kind of help you know, kind of take this in that direction. I think that wouldn't be a bad idea. It's just a matter of finding somebody who's still a former player who's passionate enough about the Carolina Panthers, but also is like, yeah, shit, I ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, yeah, I got that's it. I'm gonna call exactly Julius what they have to just... call Julius Peppers. <laughs> I got it. He's going to answer my call. I got him. Don't worry Julius, about it, guys. Man. I got it booked up. Who oh, is man. a guy? 
I've been trying to think of like all the Mike Tolbert might be good. Yeah, somebody put that up. We can't do Devin Funches. You guys, you guys gotta, you guys gotta, uh, you guys gotta tag these guys in that in that tweet that I put yeah. out. Because I mean, like, I can sit here and like Coney Ely. Yeah. What about Coney Ely? I don't know. We need an offensive have, what, lineman. Two years here. We need an offensive lineman. You think Ryan Khalil? Jordan Gross. Jordan Gross is already uh, nah. a part of the Panthers' official Too high stuff. name. Too high name. We got to go after like a Byron Bell or something like We need an offensive lineman. The reason I say that is because we Stewart watch might be all good of these too. games. We watch all of these games being critical of the offensive line. Like, it would really be nice to have an offensive lineman tell me if they're as bad or as as bad as we think they are. Yeah. We need a mini Silatulu. Mm, no? I'm trying to think. Nobody's feeling I think it's players. We need know. an offensive lineman, man. And we can't go to Schwartz guy because he refuses <laughs> To respond, and he thinks he's way cooler than he is. Geoff, I'm just gonna call him Gia. Ooh, Trey Boston is legit. Trey Boston, that's the one. You guys Jay Stubbs is right. The only thing Jay I worry Stubbs about is right. with... this mug. Well, still, ta- he's still talking about the Panthers. I agree. I agree. I'm not. Yep. I'm not. I think. But again, it's a matter of getting people to tag him. Like, I mean, I can, right. I can message them all day. But if there's like a, a real true interest from people, uh, fans, and everything, then that's when it's going to change that. That's um, it. So that's if, if got to get a coordinated effort for Trey Boston, let's get him on the show first. How about that? Let's try to get him on the show first, yeah. just so we can introduce ourselves, and then we can <sighs> explain to him what we. We need do with to get all the controversial people that we can get. We need to get D'Angelo Williams on here. We got to get right. David Newton on here. <laughs> You're right. Uh, You're right. We, have, You're uh, right. We, we should get uh, Derek Anderson on here and see if we can get him to unblock you on Twitter. I think we should start with Trey. I think that's a good. I think Trey's a good option. I and like he's Trey's. always been a real cool dude. Super fun. Down yeah. to earth, man. Trey and we always liked him. He yeah. couldn't tackle in the beginning. And then he became a good tackler. Nah, man. Like, I'm, I'm down with Trey Boston. Look, they said Kelvin Benjamin. good looking, too. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin. Pay, pay, pay him and cheeseburgers. Pay and cheeseburgers and pizza. So. Uh, <laughs> fuck. We'll give him some Bojangles. Can we pay for it in up. gift cards to pizza? <laughs> no. All right. All right. Um, we've gotten through all the calls. We've gotten through a lot of material. Um. We need to move on uh, right now. Actually, I want to bring back something real quick. We did not do it in the first two weeks. We got to make our picks for the NFC South real quick. I completely forget about that. Yep. I know. I was so mad at our, our at our or at myself for just keeping score. Look up the schedule. But we got to play this. Week. Well, we Let's haven't really done this. it yet. So we. I know. We got to now. We're just keeping score fresh right now. I'll keep it. All right. Uh, All right, I'll lose. I'll lose the paperwork. So don't worry, I'll lose it too. You owe me like ninety million dollars. <laughs> I don't think that's quite accurate. I need to go back and look at that. I'm pretty sure I won some of those. Yeah, did you lose the paperwork? All right, uh, <laughs> Panthers. Panthers at um, Texans. 
Um, I'll just go first and say, obviously, Tony's taking the dub for the Panthers. Is I'm I'm sure everybody is right. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Could you imagine if any of us picked the Texans with a rookie Greg, quarterback? You want to do some? G baby, you want to call what? up? G you know baby, what? you want to call up? I, I will say I'm in a pick'em league that has 35 different people in it. It's fifty dollars a person, and I'm number two in the league after three weeks. So just saying. Are you picking the Panthers? Yes. All right, um, <laughs> hold on. When is the? I don't even know who's playing this week. I was not. I should have been prepared for this. Hang um, on. Uh, the Saints. So, uh, who is the Patriots? The Saint. Well, the Saints play the Patriots. I know that one right off the top of our head. Is it at? It's yeah. At they are at. They're at New England. Yeah, I think it's a three and a half point. Did you see the shit about the there's favorite. a fire on top of the Saints? Shit. I saw that. Yeah, Did they put it out. I saw that this morning. I don't. I didn't get a follow up. I hate uh, websites where they have auto the ads automatically have the audio. You need yeah. a pop up blocker, bro. I've been trying to tell you, man. You need a pop up blocker, man. Right, I, I can't pass. Who are you guys taking? Um, doing straight up with a line. Straight up, right? Straight up, I think. Is, I it, is it a pick em? It's three and a half point. Uh, Patriots three and a half point favorite. So yeah, it's basically. All a right, so Cody's got the pass. Pats. What do you got? I'm taking the Saints. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm not surprised by that. I think the Saints. Uh, could very well. I mean, I, I didn't see. I mean, the, the the Packers weren't bad, but they weren't great against the Detroit Lions until it got to a point where they had to be. You know, who are you I picking, just, CK? I, I think the Saints are going to come. Uh, or um, on the road, you're picking the Saints. All right, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a better for decision. us. I got better t- for t- us if they do if they uh, if the Saints do win because then it's a better win for us. Hmm. Um, Falcons at Giants. This is the. How about this? This is the two worst dumpster fires. Is this the worst game in the entire season? No, it's, it's, I mean, it is there be, a game that could be worse than this? It might be, man. But both season. of those, both of those fan bases are already talking like their season is a lost cause. People are saying Joe Judge. Should be on the chopping block. Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman should be on the chopping block and out the door along with Daniel Jones. Like these are two hapless football teams. I don't see how this Falcons team turns it around, other than just to be an annoying division rival. You know, they'll they'll play tough every once in a while. But ah, dude, that's that's tough. I, by a narrow margin, a very narrow margin, I will pick. The New York Giants. Look, Falcons the Giants are not as bad as people think they are. Think about it. They just played the Washington football team, what, last week? Thursday, I think. And that's a fantastic defense. And they put up 29 points against them. So they're not a terrible team. you know. Uh, but I'm based on that, of course, I'm taking the, G- the G-Men Giants because I hate the fucking Falcons. I don't think I'll ever take pick them in a game to win. Say game. I don't know, man. I'm Giants. picking the Giants. Yeah. 
Everybody's asleep. Look, then we don't have to worry about our points. I hate the I hate the fucking Giants right now. Who's uh? I hate why? the Falcons more than anybody. You know why? It's because I got Saquon Barkley and he's been Get chugging D harder than anybody. I got Zeke. Trust me, it's 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 crushing. That was my first. Pick. I well, never draft Falcons yeah. players. I never. Well, Saquon doesn't will. play for the Falcons. Like, I, uh, yeah, but you said the Falcons Number one. Too. Number two is this. is I got Josh, and this is the league, my dynasty league, like the league. I won it last year. I'm on a Super Bowl hangover, homie. I was pick number 11. I picked Saquon at 11, and I said this. And this, because it's a dynasty league and mugs have been keeping all, it's, it's more complicated than you give it credit for, folks. Right. Like, I mean, like, People co- keeping all types of people from years ago, <laughs> and that's how I won. But I picked uh, Josh Jacobs at thirteen, and both of my first, my first and the second round pick have one has just been sorry, and the other one's hurt. Like I mean, I don't have anybody else after that. Like, I'm trying to pick up people off the waiver. It's been awful. I would have won my last fantasy uh, matchup if I didn't have Mike Evans on the bench. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know what you do, man. It's like so many mouths to feed in Tampa. Yeah. Here's my advice in fantasy football, and I've only won like three times in 21 years. Don't overthink it. Just put start your starters. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Don't overthink it. Start your starters. You drafted them for a reason. Don't overdo the matchups because great players play great in big games. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, Randy Moss is going to eat 250 yards against the best quarter in the league. Don't be scared just because they got a defense. Play them. That's why you start them. Unless they're hurt, play them. All right. My advice. All right. Uh, we did our picks. Let me see. So, really, where the difference is going to be, we're all on the Panthers. We're all on the Giants. And we're 50% split between the Saints and the, and the Pats here. Yep. What about uh, Tampa? That's uh, a. Oh, they're, actually, they're playing yeah, the Rams, the right? Team of- it's a one point game. It's a pick em. One point that's spread. That's a match right there. Yeah, the Ram, the Ram, the Rams, or excuse me, the Bucks are favored by one in at? LA. In Bucks LA. Bucks at Rams. In LA. I'm going yeah. Rams, baby. I'm all in on the Rams. I'm, I'm going Rams Greg's too. On the Rams. I'm going Rams too. Greg's on the Rams. CK. I, I, I think the Rams are going to put the. Bucks uh, back in their place. I I've been rewatching some CK's of that. CK's with us. Oh my god! I've been, I, I rewatched the Bucks. the Bucks. are winning now. The Bucks aren't as <laughs> dominant as people want to think they are. They just again they've they've they face some bad defenses, and uh, you got to keep in mind that vaunted defense the Bucks have did let Dallas destroy them completely, dismantle their entire defense. So, I yeah. am picking one of us. One of us. Come on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Take that, Tom Brady, dude. I I think that 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 the Rams might might have a team that is comparable. I gotta make a spreadsheet. But dude, the quarterback puts it over the edge, man. 
can't bet against that fucking guy, dude. Just can't do it, man. I've learned my lessons too many times. Nah, I mean, that's fine. No, nah, I, I don't. I mean, I think there's, a, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I just think Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald might eat Tom Brady's avocado ass. You can't peer pressure <laughs> me, damn it. No, it's fine. No, I like this. It's fine. Like, we can't. If we would have all gone Rams, the Bucks are winning. So thank you. Yeah, you maybe made I just, the universe yeah. possible for yeah, Tom hey. Brady to get his avocado balls eaten. <laughs> his avocado balls eaten, right? Hey man, I'm here every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. You know, just doing my damn thing, mm-hmm. taking one for all the right. team. So we did some picks, man. Holy cow, we're back there. Now it's time to ice some fools up. Yeah, guys, we had the post-game show after the game on Sunday. We'll have it Thursday, right? You guys with me? I'm all Friday. I'm down. Are you with yeah, me? Yeah, you know I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. It's okay, if, it's okay if you guys got to split. Or like, look, if you're with me, you're with me. And if you're not, it's okay. You're still my I got you, man. Um, Thursday night, we got the post-game show. Tomorrow night. Is Wednesday correct? See, yes, we have, we have Josh an Klein. With Josh Klein, yeah, Riot Report beat writer for the Carolina Panthers. So, bringing you um, content on Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday free for all. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Hey, man, Friday free for all, seven p.m. every single Friday. That's where you can come and talk to me and talk to everyone else uh, on this podcast, man. Everyone that's in the chat uh, and tell us what you think about the Carolina Panthers. You can come on. You can be on webcam uh, and and tell everybody what you think. This is an interactive show for the fans, by the fans. Tony Dunn, I have a great time every time I do it. And I get to meet so many new Panther fans for the first time. I met so many of the cat callers that were once upon a time just faces now i know them Voices, i look yeah, forward, yeah. To, I look Voices, forward yeah. to speaking to them man mm-hmm. like, guys like this dude right here kevin boshoven nick montiero aj Lindsay. man i'm trying to see some more people man i'm trying to see mark lewin karen troy i want to see her in there one day daniel castro it's for absolutely everybody to come and talk carolina panthers um it's a good time it's every friday at 7 p.m on the Friday free flow. Incredible. Um, let's go to the longest running segment of the C3 Panthers podcast, the ice up, ice up segment, where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. It's our homage to Steve Smith, where everyone is fair game from uh blended nancy pelosi and kenny chesney to a 12 year old boy that what i was iced up in oklahoma (laughs) fellas somebody give me an ice cold ice up pick yeah i mean unless somebody wants to go first i uh i I got a i got a generic one but i got a real quickie um so listen i if you've uh I've said this on the podcast before. I'm a diehard MMA fan. I used to be a really big fan of this guy. Uh, but Conor McGregor has really taken a downslide, man. 
Uh, losing to Dustin Poirier embarrassingly two times. Uh, but then he goes to the MTV Movie Awards and he's like fighting with Machine Gun Kelly because he wouldn't take a picture with him. And Dude, uh, by the way, Machine like, Gun Kelly is dating uh, Megan Fox. Yeah, but everyone thinks that she's like Fox. the hottest girl in the world. She used to be. I don't know. Her dress, dude. Yeah, yeah like, I'm sorry. She I mean, even I ain't wearing saying a she's dress. the hottest girl in the world, but if she don't get your Panthers defense going, I don't know what will. <laughs> she get a sack or two. Uh, she <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. She get a sack or two. <laughs> well, uh, listen, my man... Conor McGregor cannot stop taking L's uh, because apparently he got to throw out the first pitch at the Chicago Cubs game. And let's just say um, it went like this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, that wasn't even kind of close. <laughs> like, Man, like, really like, he stretched out a little bit. <laughs> Which is the messed up part. Look, he's like, I got like, you know he's doing. like the difference here is he's a fucking athlete. <laughs> nope. <laughs> right. Yeah, right? Like, right. Yeah, that, that, Why is he throwing a sidearm? Dude, I'm he ain't talking. ever thrown a baseball in. Look, he's probably not even left handed. That's what happens when an Irishman picks up. A no, baseball. he's left handed. He fights out far. He's just, uh, and, I'm look, a maybe, lefty. I'm not saying it. Yeah, he, he, uh, someone put, tried to kill someone, tried to throw it at, <laughs> at somebody. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just mad at somebody. <laughs> yeah, and dude, that's always what he's doing. Dude, he'll try and fight a bus before he fights a real contender. Um, yeah, I saw Conor McGregor. Um, I used to be a fan of the dude, but I feel like all his millions has revealed uh, the kind of person he really is. Great mm-hmm. fighter, not as good as I thought he was. Uh, to Conor McGregor, ice up, son. Ice up. Uh, I'll go. Nobody else wants to. Um, mine's Dude, pretty simple, much. too. I'm icing up Mike McCarthy. I don't know if y'all watched the uh, Cowboys game the other day. And uh, <clears throat> the end of the clock game management was pretty shitty. And I'm not really icing up Mike McCarthy for the end of the game management. They ended up kicking a 56-yard field goal to win the game. I'm more or less icing him up for his excuse for why this happened. And it's one of those situations where you can absolutely tell he's he's lying the whole time. I tried to pull up the audio clip. I don't know if you've heard this or not. Uh, I tried to pull up the audio clip. I couldn't find it, but I'll just read it off. Um, <laughs> he says, the clock I was watching went off the board. And Kellen, who is the office coordinator at the clock, he was watching was blocked by a cameraman. And that's the excuse for the reason why his clock management was bad in the last, what, 15, 18 seconds of the game, which is an absolute bullshit excuse. You're in SoFi Stadium. Like, you're, you're in the stadium that's going to hold the Super Bowl. You're in the stadium that's going to have the Olympics in a few years. There's absolutely no way in hell, one, the board you're watching goes out, and two, if that one does, there's not one somewhere else within eyesight you can see with the play clock and the game clock on it. There's just no fucking possible way. So it's a weak ass excuse. And dude, you might as well just say I fucked up because I can't stand here and somebody make an excuse like this. So like I said, I don't know if y'all heard this, but Mike McCarthy's a moron, it sounds like. And uh he got lucky that his kicker bailed him out in that game because oh, gotcha. Cowboys should Cowboys should be owing to. Somebody said one time that Mike McCarthy looks like the kind of guy to keep miniature sausages in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, that's kind of accurate, actually. Yeah, that's perfect. He always has a Slim Jim on him. Yeah. yeah. 
you got some meat on it, man. You're gonna give it a moment, dude. Some fucking snack meats. Uh, All right, uh, my ice up pick is a little more somber than these funny ones and these. All right, so um, and bro, I don't. No I know it's us. My father uh, had to have emergency surgery yesterday, oh, no. and basically almost died. Maybe that you know, what I mean, like, I mean, who knows? You're hoping everybody's out of the woods. You hope every, I mean, it, things aren't off. I don't know. I don't know. And that's what I'm icing up. And what I mean by that is that co- the COVID protocols have made it extremely difficult for families that are like, if you're like, they made my mom, first of all, my mom should not be up alone at the hospital right dealing my dad like she's not and it's not a knock to mama done is that like she's not capable like it would just be better mm-hmm. if she didn't have to wait in her car by herself a 66 65 year old woman you know what i'm saying like it's just it's it's just insane how difficult it is. And I, I my ice up is this, is that um, you don't know what you don't know, right? And what I mean by that is that my family is going through some things right at this moment. And, like, I can't even go help. Yeah. Like, I can't go help my mom. I can't relieve her. I can't try to interpret for the doctors. Or she had to put the... My dad's in ICU. He can't talk, right? I mean, like, because he's intubated and stuff like this. But, and it's not COVID related. Like, he had a blood. It's different. It's just completely different. But she had to put the phone to his ear. Like, nobody could, nobody even was able to see him before he had surgery. Damn. You know, it's just because they're like, you have to wait in your car. And, and look, is I understand that the hospital's going through some extreme shit. I understand that yeah. they're under understaffed, but like if your father dies and you don't even get to like say you know just say goodbye, yeah, man. That, it's just like she can't even come out and talk on the phone, and so we don't know what's going on. The person who is there is like the worst conveyor of information. And not because, yeah. like, I mean, she's like the most emotional and wonderful person. She's like the best person to be there. She'll be saying some damn Hail Marys for you all day long. Yep. But, like, I mean, it would be helpful if my sister could just, or I could go and talk to these people and just find out. I don't even know. Like, he could be dead. So, um, ice up to myself for not um having enough empathy for people who have been going through shit like this for the last two years or whatever it is. So yeah, that's man. my eyes up. Hey prayers up to you to uh to your father man. I I uh I lost a, a family friend last year during COVID. Uh she didn't have COVID but yeah her family didn't even get to see her in her last moments because they, they took her away in the ambulance and then they went to the hospital and they 
they wouldn't they make them sit outside dude yeah just man, dude, sit was, out there in the was... corner and then i went through that shit too when right after cam newton got uh released that was that day i went to the hospital when i had the flu i still think i had covid by the way but uh yeah dude it was yeah, we played hell at that charlotte hospital downtown so yeah man it's it's tough. It's tough on everybody. You hear horror. The stories. rule right now is this: is so my dad has to. All right, so they can only have two visitors a day. So, like, uh, my mom is gonna be there, right? I mean, because her husband is in crazy in status, but like, I can't. Like, it was either my sister or me got to see him today. Yeah. And then he has to have uh, he has to have a procedure tomorrow. So my I told my sister I was like, well, you see him today. I got like my kids trapped. Like, there's just just be easier for you to see him today. But now I gotta wait till like he could be anyway. Yeah, I hear you, man. Prayers up. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, anyway. Mama, Mama Dunn's got the rosary going. Yeah, yeah she will. Up. She'll pray. She'll pray Lazarus up. Uh, Lazarus oh, I know. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, she'll, she'll come on here and pray that you uh, will leave that dirty mouth behind, too. Yeah, she so, will. You know, she, so, she nah, it's going to be fine. Stuff. It's just, it's going to be great. I'm not even scared. Now I'm talking about it. I'm getting emotional. But my point is, is that um, as I have been very fatigued, through all of this stuff. And I've been the first person to say I'm fatigued as shit, but I just, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Is the, are the protocols too much? Is this, I don't know, but I just wish that, um, you know what? Um, uh, prayers out to people who are going through shit and let them yeah. see their family. That's, That's right, saying. man. That's right. CK, CK give one, us man. something a little more lighthearted than that. Listen, this is just generic, all right. And it, it spawned from a uh, from a cat call tonight. If you are a Panthers fan, be fucking happy about yeah. where the Panthers are at. We are two and zero. That's the first yeah. time we've been two and zero since twenty seventeen. We've yeah. been complaining. We've been bitching. We've been saying we need success. We need to be able to go into G a baby's part of the four man rush. That's what I think. Right? Yeah, here's the thing. We are we are going into... Listen, when we start the season off, this is what you fucking hope for. This is what every team... You know there's like six teams that are 2-0 and right now. You know that means there's 26 other squads out there that would love to have their team in this fucking spot. Mm-hmm. All right? Yes, sir. So here's the deal. Be happy about where this team is at. Continue to cheer for this team. Continue to be a Panthers fan. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But you don't need to call in and take down everybody who who is actually happy about where the Panthers are at. Mm, hit them with the applause. Yeah, hell yeah. I like it. Love it. Love it. Tell them, CK. Let these hoes know, man. Be thankful you got a 2-0 football team. Already one game ahead of 26 other teams. I'm not even... There's a lot of hardcore Panther fans. When I say hardcore people that are influencers. Right. And all they do is poo-poo. Right. They poo-poo everything. 
Right. I understand. Like, it's okay to what? What is that? Real? Keep it real. What uh, to, to, to be well, I have to keep it real. I guess be pragmatic. Like, I mean, about, like, keep it one hundred. Is Matt Khalil suck? Yeah, we all knew that shit. But we won't get in twenty sacks up in that motherfucker at the same time. Like, come on, folks. Like, this is this is exceeded expectations. Yeah, by far. Why do why do some people poo poo everything? I don't know. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Like I've I actually have a couple of people that uh, claim to be Panther fans. That I say this, and I don't think you really are. I think you're truly rooting against us. Like you just watch a you're an Atlanta right. Falcons fan. You're a wolf in sheep's clothing. Well, here's the thing. Here's the part that I I, I want to make abundantly clear. And I said this earlier, and I, I want to step away from this because I don't want this to become the narrative for the, as Panthers fans. I, I said, you know, if you're not you know on the train and ready and happy about where we're headed, get off the fucking bus, right? You know, that's that. Uh, here's the part, right? You can be a Panthers fan, love this squad, and feel the way you feel. But what you what you can't do, and what you shouldn't do, and what I'm you know I'm personally going to tell you we can't have as an entire organization it's calling in and trying to convince the world that's can't you know panthers fans that they need to be on the same level that you are if we're fucking happy we're happy ain't no need to come in here and try to bring us down to your level if you're miserable about where we're at as panthers fans then as a panther squad you go ahead and be miserable but be miserable in silence that's all i'm thank saying thank god you're not in the panthers creator group Oh God! <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you this is you don't want to be part of it. Is that somehow we've been brought into this, um, Cody? Every day of my life, I think I should leave this group. It, during it's the like game, the most miserable group of people. <laughs> during the game, I just I, I checked in there, and somebody was. It was while we were throttling the Saints, mind you, and somebody was bitching about something. I like, didn't even the hands play. They'll be like, "Look at that hands play." I'm telling you, these four man rush people. I'm man. I ain't even. But it's not I all even of them. Hide it's it. really I can't hide it anymore, them, man. It's on. It's really just two. Like there, there's a few guys from the four man rush that are really fucking cool. And then there are two that argue about every single thing. Does that seven? I don't guys care about if they're cool or not. I ain't ever somebody be like this. As you get some ice cream, it'd be you'd be like in the desert, like you're in the desert, and you like you've been walking, crawling out of this. I don't want no damn ice cream. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden you get somebody hands you some ice cream, and they'd be like, "This ain't Briars. This ain't this this starts. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's too much, bro. <laughs> All right. Um, we've done the ISO picks. We did the picks. Um, we gotta get the hell out of it. This is our longest show in a minute, too. Um yeah. River in so look, we've had we had a great audience tonight, uh mm-hmm. we've been cresting a hundred people. The people love uh, the Madden simulations. Tomorrow night, we got Josh Klein, Riot Report. A lot of content coming to you. Friday, free for all. We thank you for your support in the chat room. The number is 252-228-5098.
smash the thumbs up button be a part of the community that's what it is it's not a show we don't i don't want to tell you what to think i want you to be part of our community cody lashley how can they find you on twitter to or wherever you're at to continue this conversation yeah man find me on twitter uh at cody lax c-o-d-y-l-a-c um i'm really good at responding to people i'll i'll write you back i'll dm with you hey man i'm i'm a i'm an approachable kind of guy um you can find all of my written content on drafttech.com where i'm the panthers analyst and i write first and second round comments for the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans, by the way. So I had to do a little crossover uh, right up this week. And as Tony already alluded to, uh, the Friday free-for-all. Every Friday at 7 p.m., that's your opportunity to be a podcaster. You can come on and tell me whatever you think about these Carolina Panthers, whatever your hot takes are, whatever matchups you think uh, are interesting about this football team. The Friday free-for-all is for you. Friday at 7 p.m. Come holla at your boy, man. Shout out to JD, yo, 54, Kieran, Troy. Guys are important to us. I see you in the chat room, always contributing, being a part of the conversation. We ain't born negative. We born positive, baby. This motherfucker going to blow out the Saints. CK, where can they find your work? You can catch me all over the place. Uh, Coach Dizzle Allen. Um, But uh, right now, I think my biggest pride and joy is this this Madden simulation. I, I know we talk about it a lot, but I think we, like I said, I think we as a, as, as a community, as a, as a, as a family, um, need to try to help blow this up. Not for my sake or the C3 Panthers podcast sake, but I think, there's a lot of Panthers fans out there that would probably enjoy this, and uh, I think it can. Uh, I think it could be something, especially uh, we start getting some uh, special guests. So do me a favor, go find me on Twitter, Codizzle Allen. I put a tweet out, or even look at Tony's. He retweeted it a while ago, um, uh, tagging who you think should, uh, you know, be a guest commentator uh, with me and Cody. Maybe one day, maybe we throw it to a sideline reporter and let let somebody like a you know D'Angelo Williams or a, a Trey Boston or a. You know, maybe uh, maybe get Tony done and then Greg up in there. I know Greg said something he was interested in doing it. I think it'd be great. I think it would be amazing if we can get him in there. But uh, you guys just make sure you go do that. Um, Blow that tweet up and then maybe we can actually see some uh, some movement from some of these guys who maybe look at the C3 Panthers podcast that, you know, as a as maybe a a lower form of media and and show them, hey, listen, we're a community of Panthers fans that are, are, are more dedicated to this team the most. So. Um, creating community. That's what we're doing. We're creating, and that was like a tongue twister, creating community. Mm -hmm. It's not about what I want to tell you. We are riding in the car, homie, Mm -hmm. to the game and back from the game. Mm -hmm. Greg, uh, you're part of this community. How can they find your work? Oh man, you can find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter is my personal handle, and you can check me out on my other show. It's at SCS Podcast One, the Super Civil Servants Podcast. And Tony, it's fitting that you ended with that comment right there because my show is modeled after yours, and combination of a couple of the shows, man. But that comment right there, years ago, I heard you say was what what inspired me, or part of what inspired me to do this. Is what I wanted to feel like it's a great community, and I love having that. And Come check us out on Fridays, man. It's it's we, we it's like I said, it's modeled after this. It's just guys hanging out or guys or girls hanging out. We we talk about movies, shows, 
uh, graphic novels, comic books, any kind of media right now. We're covering Star Girl, Titans, What If, Star Wars Visions, Lower Decks, Doom Patrol. Uh, I've got two guys coming on who are creators, a comic book writer and an artist that are premiering their comic on my show this Friday. Uh, we're going to review that. I mean, we just go all over the place, have a really good time. Uh, 9 p.m., roll right into that after the uh, the uh, Friday free-for-all if you want to. You know, Have a whole night of podcasting, listen to us talk, so it's a really fun time. Hey, Help us that. get Trey Boston, folks. Look, people are are ready for it. Let's hey, it. last thing, if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button, man. We're on the road to 3,000 subscribers. 3,000. Come on. That's a big deal. Tell somebody. And we're know. starting to roll. Come on, man. We need to roll up yeah. on these mugs. You know what's funny? Think about this. up on some of these YouTube channels. How are we only at twenty five hundred or whatever? Come hey, on. listen, listen. Think about it rocking. this way, Tony. Bro. Just when we when we traded for Darnold, we just hit two. Yeah, yeah that's a big spike. We had a hundred. We had like we got t- those Madden simulations popping shit. Are they? I don't know the I, I don't think, know the metrics. I think so. Dude, it's I fun think to watch. Content, yeah. I think it's about popping the content out. Pop. Pop, pop, you're putting that's, more and more. That's what I'm out. saying. Like, I'm hoping that the algorithm with YouTube will start to say, hey, listen, these guys aren't just a one once a week, you know, type of content. They're they're putting this stuff out. Off season's probably gonna be, get a little tough because we got to figure out some creative ways to put more things off more re- frequently, but um, and that may be what hinders us. But I think for the most part, uh, we're doing what we need to. The the thing I love about our metrics is this, or analytics, or whatever it's called, is that we might not have the most subscribers, but if you look our, at our views to subscribers, we roll we're rolling with it. We got dope. loyalty. As far it's like you 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 might you have somebody that has twelve thousand subscribers and they get two thousand views, and you got someone that's got twenty five hundred subscribers. And they get two thousand views. Everybody, yeah, y'all are part of the fam, homie. You just like this. this. Get in the car. We're going to the game together, Mm -hmm. motherfuckers. That's it, man. C three family. We keep pounding real hard. And by the way, this this will be like this will be like the third time that we've done a video where we're going to end with way more likes than we even have viewers right now. So, hey, that's a good sign. And now we got to way go to bed because we got to go to work tomorrow, folks. (laughs) I do. Take it. We got families. We got to get out of here. We love you. Uh, Panthers, dominate, dominate, dominate. We'll see you Thursday night, late night. Until then, keep pounding. Pounding. Pounding.